Welcome to Blair Slept There. I'm your host, Blair Hopkins. New York City has so far taken the biggest brunt of COVID-19's fury in the United States. The city began shutdowns in early March and is currently, I think, in phase two of reopening. In the intervening months, over 12,000 New Yorkers have died from COVID. The news has been full of nightmare fuel headlines about temporary mass graves and refrigeration trucks for transitional corpse storage. My friends there have said that for three solid months, it felt like the sirens just never stopped. Several people I know in the city had COVID-19. Some lost friends, coworkers, parents. I lived in New York City full-time for the bulk of my 20s and still visit three to five times a year. Being away from New York while it has struggled so hard has been heartbreaking. I worry all the time about my loved ones there, about the city and its social services infrastructure and its future. Today I have for you my conversation from the heart of New York's darkness with one of my favorite people on this whole dumpster fire of a planet, Melissa Elledge. I met Melissa about seven years ago, but I don't actually remember meeting her. What I remember is the day I realized that I already knew her. Early in my life there, my mother came to visit. We took the train from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, where I lived at the time, and got off on 14th Street. At the end of the day, Mom noted one thing she found especially entertaining about the city. The subway performers. Most of them weren't very good, she said. Except for that little gal playing the accordion to whom she gave a tip. She was very impressed with the accordion girl. We looked for her the next time we rode into the city, but didn't find her again. Well, we didn't find her again. But I did. On an East Village bar stool a couple years later. Sometime into our early acquaintanceship, I said to Melissa, You and me, were cut from the same cloth. The same filthy bar rag, she corrected. The next time I saw her, she was coming from a gig. I walked with her down 3rd Avenue from Sport Bar on 14th Street, down to Grassroots on St. Mark's while she played Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. By the time we reached St. Mark's, we had a veritable flash mob of people trailing us singing. It was that night that I put together that she was the accordion girl from my mother's trip. One of those funny small town moments that feels so incredibly weighted and disproportionately meaningful when they happen in a place as dense and populous as Manhattan. Anyway, Melissa and I became immediately inseparable. We've gotten up to a lot of hijinks and out of a lot of scrapes over the years. Ask me about our mole person encounter. Or about the time I firemen's carried her out of a bar after she pepper sprayed a bro who called her then-boyfriend a racial slur. Or about how she witnessed mine and my late partner's first and last kisses, the former being in the wee hours on a night of revelry at a dive on East 6th Street, and the latter at Beth Israel Hospital right before they took him to the morgue. Melissa hails from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Music was hugely important to her parents. Her late father was a bass player, and her mother took on a third shift at the Perlator plant to pay for her piano lessons, which she started at age five. Over the years, Melissa picked up the guitar, cello, clarinet, oboe, and performed auxiliary percussion for her middle and high school bands. She did her undergrad at Loyola in New Orleans, majoring in piano performance and minoring in psychology. She accumulated various medals, scholarships, and other accolades over the course of her academic career and ended up going to the Steinhardt School at NYU for her MFA. She studied piano performance there as well, emphasizing jazz piano and theory. After some years as an adjunct professor, Melissa taught herself the accordion and struck out on her own. 
Since then, she's been playing in local bands, intermittently bartending. She's done a fair amount of figure modeling for art workshops. But her primary job is working in the mines, as she calls them, busking down in the subway tunnels. She is something of a local legend and tourist attraction in her own right down there, widely known for her original accordion arrangements of pop songs. Melissa is impressive for a host of reasons. She's strikingly beautiful, has a rapid-fire, multifaceted humor that is reflective of her massive intellect. She's intensely loyal and unwaveringly principled, creative, helpful, and honest. One of my favorite things about her, though, is her general thoughtfulness. She is always thinking, breaking everything down, ruminating on it, parsing out the details and analyzing them and sharing her thoughts, alchemizing them into art. And she has had a lot of time to think, much to her chagrin, over the course of the last four months. In our conversation, Melissa pulls no punches in talking about how the quarantine has impacted her emotional and psychological well-being. For one thing, it's lonely and boring. Being single, childless, and far from one's family when you also can't work or see friends. Even when those circumstances are by choice. The whole experience has also been existentially terrifying and just really fucking sad. Melissa lives in the East Village. I gravitated to the East Village initially because it is gorgeous. I stayed because it had a high concentration of many of the best bars in the city and some of the best bar patrons in the world. Historically, Manhattan's East Village has always been right in the middle of things, and I love it for that and for way too many more reasons to count. I could wax poetic about the area forever, failing miserably at encapsulating what the place is about and what it means to me. If you're curious, I would suggest picking up St. Mark's is Dead by Ada Calhoun or Once There Was a Village by Yuri Kaprilov to start. I'll list more book suggestions in the show notes. The history, texts, novels, paintings, and songs inspired by the East Village are legion. But the Reader's Digest version is that the area starts at 14th Street and goes down south to Houston. The western border is 3rd Avenue and it ends at the East River. The land where the East Village now stands belonged to the Lenape tribe. It was colonized and occupied for a long time by the Dutch before yielding to Eastern European, largely Ukrainian immigrants. It became a counterculture enclave in the 60s and has steadily gentrified since the late 90s, but it is still electric, though the pulses of the old guard have slowed. In keeping with this being in the middle of everything legacy, Melissa's home of 15 years has taken a huge hit due to the pandemic. Much of the neighborhood's bustle comes from nightlife, and there's none of that right now. A lot of the population is older, the relics from the Bohemian era, and a population at highest risk of death from the disease. Most of the rest of the people between Houston and 14th Streets are NYU students and 20, 30-something white-collar professionals, a significant percentage of whom have just straight-up bailed on the city to quarantine and work or school remotely in whatever far-flung places from whence they came. The constant sirens, Melissa says, are what has filled the auditory void. So, fair warning, the front end of this talk is a bit dark. Uh, I spent some time trying to determine a format for this quarantine series, and there are some things that I think are cool or relevant to do with each episode, which we do here, like talking about people's homes, the layout, decor, their stories with the properties, all the things that are needed into the experiences that I've had staying in these places. 
But ultimately, the human experience is at the root of all my projects. So I like to just kind of let these conversations go where they will. I think the things that Melissa brings up in the first part of the discussion about staring down the barrel of pandemic-related depression, loneliness, and fear are important and chronically under-discussed. And of course, I enjoyed catching up with my BFF, Melissa. I think you'll enjoy her candor and perspectives as well. Also, as an aside, this week is Melissa's 40th birthday. You can check out her work on Facebook at the Melissa Elledge Fan Club, on Instagram at at Evil And if you want to throw a tip in the virtual bucket, hit her up on Venmo. It's at Melissa-Elledge. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes too. It's just my bed. (laughs) (laughs) So much tidying that has to happen. (laughs) Why why put on airs and pretend like I've been anywhere else but here? I mean, Uh, fair enough. For the majority of this time. And there's even like, I think there's like an old sippy cup of uh, wine in here somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's like some, it's not pee. I don't know if I believe you. (laughs) That's, That's in the other compartment. I rigged up like a little like um like a caddy like on the side of my loft bed because you know I have like the like the metal loft bed right for the pee like one of these little aprons kind of like like a waitress would wear but it's from Ace Hardware store I don't know where she got it and um I have it hanging up on the side of my uh loft bed like tied the strings are tied so I can just like reach my hand down and like get drinks and stuff and (laughs) I mean it's 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 no toe bucket but. That's true. That's true. It is. It is kind of in the same line. I think it's the. I think it's the same product line. You know, it's it's no my pillow either. But you know, necessity but, and laziness are both really wonderful mothers of invention. I know. I don't know if I if I look cool here. Probably not. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with that. Pretty much just staying out in bed or like if I'm doing like a live like accordion video, I do that like over in um like by my window um you know <laughs> by the other section of my apartment and i just kind of move like piles of shit around so i can m- put a big pile of shit so i can put like the <laughs> camera my phone on top of it to like record me like on top of the pile of shit and i put all the other shit behind it so nobody can see it behind me and stuff it's, it's a lot of uh it's a lot of rearranging i don't know i i didn't uh expect that speaking of putting about- putting on airs i mean damn <laughs> I know if people, if people knew how much work I have to like go through to do those live videos like and they're just you know very basic but it takes like hours just to like cram everything in place and like 
maneuver like my cell phone on top like a, a pile of books and it's like you know the princess and the pea or something it's like no i gotta pull out this one single volume here now it's at the perfect height you know like, <laughs> oh this old taco wrapper i can put that like there you go and so for like leverage there you know well it does at least make the case for you to be keeping all this shit right i mean that's not uh, i that's what i was thinking actually you know minimalism <laughs> very well right now you knew you knew the whole time melissa <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this has all been part of the plan oh my god how was your gig today uh it was cool i was just um playing uh in in red hook but it, it's not like deep red hook so it wasn't much of a walk thankfully it was like 10 minutes from the subway um it was um it's called the joseph michio cornerstone community center and it's basically like they they have like free meals like i guess it's like a soup kitchen ish sort of affair and so while people were standing online outside waiting um they've been having performers play on the other side of the street like while they while they wait like you know like like in good times like hanging in the chow line you know and um that's that's what I was doing. I was playing there on the other side of the street, like a uh, West Ninth Street, um, while people waited to uh, to get fed and stuff. But it was it was really cool. Um, it was a really nice day outside, and people were very appreciative of it, and like, you know, clapping and telling me how good I sounded and stuff. It's a lot of like very old people, um, uh, like a lot of disabled people and stuff, and they were they were very appreciative of it. You know, so it was it was kind of nice. People have like even less than most of us. You know, so yeah nice to like bring them some music and stuff so a really um, like wonderful idea yeah it's really i mean it was it was a paid gig i'm not gonna lie and be like oh i volunteered my you know <laughs> um, i, I would have done it for less you know i, I would have done it for probably a lot less but i um you know i just haven't even performed in like months so um just seemed like a i don't know good opportunity and something that didn't seem weird and like completely like tone deaf right now too right. you know yeah so it's a really <laughs> difficult balance to strike um i think between being like you know you there's like this uh, really admirable cultural culture of altruism popping up in this time yeah but there is kind of a dark side to that right in that it can bolster in a lot of ways the whole like you should be doing what you love because you love it or you should be lending your hand because you love it and there is there's a delicate balance between that and and finding oh as opposed to like getting paid to yeah right which is something that we already struggle with culturally and personally if they hadn't have been like feeding us with exposure all these all these years before maybe we wouldn't have a problem with that right now <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> this is not the time that i need exposure you know like i need to eat i need to pay rent you know and it is it is very hard you know like especially now that with protests going on, I haven't done like another live video in a while because that feels weird. Like, hey, I know everybody is like kind of getting beaten up by by cops and setting things on fire and stuff, but hey, like, why don't you tune in and watch my live video? I mean, some people, I guess, are still doing that, but um, I I haven't been able to to figure that out to make that work for me. Like, right right in this moment, maybe like in a week or so, I, I'm gonna try to because I, I I still have to pay the bills, you know, um, and, and those have been very lucrative for me too. I've only done two because they stress me the fuck out. Like not just even all the stacking of shit that I had to do. Like that's, that's, that's stressful enough, but just like, I mean, just this is really weird talking to you like this. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, I, I've done like another zoom meeting with the butcher knives actually. And so that was, um, you know, really? how are they doing? Up. Oh, they're all over the world. So it was, yeah. uh, that actually kind of makes sense. Like that, that, this is you know a pretty good um tool to use to talk to them because they're like 
Yoni's in Israel. Um, Amin, he's, Amin and Tal are both in Jersey. Um, Nico is in now Miami. that's another, that's foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey, Israel. Um, Ethan is in um, uh, Berlin. I, he was in Copenhagen, but he's in Berlin now. Um, yeah, oh, Nico's wow, really? Wow. And Nacho is in, uh, Nacho's still in New York somewhere. But um, but that, that actually kind of makes sense because we're all so spread out anyways. But, um, and then I did a Zoom like party I played a gig for like very early and all of the all this stuff like maybe late March early April um so that was like a bunch of random people I have no idea who these people were either like I was just I just showed up and played and got my money and left you know kind of like a real life gig <laughs> and uh right but um but yeah it's it's still really weird it's just a weird way to interact with people that pretty much leaves me feeling very sad afterwards <laughs> and like stressed out <laughs> Right. Even if it's like, oh, but these are my friends. This is fine. It's like, no, this is weird. These are my friends that I can't see and who are all struggling in various and sundry ways. Like, yeah, and we're just talking like, oh, let's just sort of have a conversation and make the best of it right now. And it's, but then, well, you and know. It's, it becomes impossible to not talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's no, I don't know. It's a lot. First of all, it's a lot more fun to talk about, you know, current events uh, or a lot. My, fun is, is not maybe the word, but like it's a bigger and better catharsis to do so when there's um, the ability to also uh, like to sit and stare forward from a bar stool <laughs> and get drunk with the people you like. Right, right, right. Uh, or to sit like adjacent to them even, you know, like I'm kind of used to just having adjacent bar stool. That's what I mean is like, you, you know, no, I, I never really taste you. So you're looking at the bartender to get another drink, but you're talking to them and then you got this guy on this side who you're trying to ignore <laughs> and then you have somebody behind you who's like rubbing his dick on you and you're trying to like ignore that too. And, and here it's like there's no distractions. I just have to hear like the echoes of my own stupid thoughts. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like insomnia 101, but it's super, all day long. Super weird mixed feelings about that. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like that's part of my problem with, uh, I guess that's actually, wow, I think I'm having a breakthrough, Melissa. Um, Whoa. Part of my problem with Zoom is that like it becomes more awkward to like, also fuck around on your phone or whatever you know just do the the little like things that we have to do to kind of lightly distance ourselves from the people well you fuck to. around on your phone all the time <laughs> you're know, always actually, on your I'm phone like i'm doing it right now so. like oh I, I figured you were yeah <laughs> um, I, I can tell i know the body language i i know how I, I can see like the eyeballs moving you know like inspector gadgets when he's like you know reading like a typewriter you know i know how it looks um <laughs> but, uh, well, you know nothing <laughs> Yeah, it is, and it's, and you're like very aware of like, oh, but there's me in the in the corner, and then there's you, and I don't know who to look at, and especially if there's multiple people, it's like, I don't know, who am I? Am I supposed to just like make eye contact with you, like really, really awkwardly, and then like you, you're afraid that if you don't move around a little bit, they'll think that your screen froze. So like when I was meeting the butcher knives, <laughs> I was just occasionally just being like, uh huh, go on, like tell me more, like, and I would just do things because I also wasn't sure if my screen was freezing. So it's like, wait a minute, am I still? alive <laughs> you know like not in like in a metaphysical sense but like in terms of internet connection bandwidth <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot going on in the old head skull you know uh right yeah i mean it's it's i don't know i never even heard of zoom until until the pandemic it, i don't know maybe i'm the only person but i don't really functionally understand how it's better than any of the other messaging services out there but yeah i haven't used skype in a long time but I, I've, I've gotten kind of used to this and it seems like this is where this is what everybody's using for like gigs and stuff so i yeah. figure i should try to like get a little more um i don't know fluent in it 
as much as possible with like my really old like devices and shit. So mm -hmm. my like really old and crusty Chromebook that I use. So. I, I turned off my reruns of Bob Newhart show to, to do this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have enough bandwidth to like have that like in the corner. Really, well. really high praise. <laughs> I know. I mean, Bob Newhart's pretty cool. I am <laughs> honored. <laughs> How's shit going in Washington? How's uh, the fan? Things are okay. It's, you know. So y'all started back working like. Yeah, we started back working. I guess the, I'm coming up on a month now. Uh, okay. Yeah, you go into the office sometimes, right? I go into the uh, office Monday through Friday right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was like. Well, what they did was they started bringing people back in really um, gradually. Um, and so they brought back like the four like big managers. And then um, a couple weeks after that, they brought in a few of the second tier down, which is like where I am. And then they've been like gradually adding more and more of the clerks. And so I guess we're basically at full capacity right now of everybody that they're going to bring back. Um, but you know, it's not that many people because we have to maintain uh, distancing. And, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't even like tried to do the unemployment thing. Cause I don't, I just don't know if like I really qualify and I don't know. I, you I don't should at least have, try. I just, I don't know. I don't want to have like the G men coming after me, like, or the tax man come after me next year. Um, Nobody's going to come after you for it. Just make sure that you're having taxes. Um, if you get approved and you can as a freelancer because you're losing work, you're not performing like all this shit. Um, yeah. So you should qualify. It may just take a while because they're backlogged, but like apply and then make sure that they withhold taxes from. Yeah. That's what I did last year when I, when I got an employment after, you know, I lost my, the, the bartending job. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a pain in the ass. And that was without a pandemic going on. It still right. took like, what, like close to two months or something, I think before I got officially approved and started getting money. Yeah, but of course um, you get back pay when that does happen. Finally. Yeah, I know, but it was still like it became a full time job, like you know, dealing with unemployment. <laughs> it's like I think I don't have a job right now. I never have time to sit on the phone and sit online, you know, forever and try to and you know get documents together and and crunch numbers and stuff to send them like you know income, uh, you know, just uh, more details about my income, you know, as a as a tipped you know like person. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know how much I qualify since I'm my own boss like with busking that's just like tips straight up it's not even like an employer like i mean i have like 1099s from people like every year like a few but not a lot like the majority of my income is self-reported busking tips you know so now i I'm, i'll try to look into it at some point but i don't i don't know i don't want to like have to uh prove a lot of weird shit next year or get you know somehow like i don't know if they do like unemployment auditing or something i don't know i've i've heard like horror stories about all that but meh I mean, the, the videos I was doing were actually very lucrative and I, I wasn't really like hurting for anything, you know, for a little while, but I haven't done one in a while and now it's with all the other stuff going on. Um, it's I'm not sure like people are donating to far worthier causes than, you know, paying my rent, you know, so I don't even know, <laughs> like, I mean, I was surprised they were donating to me at all before. But, I just um, think it's going to get harder as the economy gets worse, right? I mean... Oh, but the Dow is doing great. Oh yeah, well, haven't you been checking? It's it's been going up for like a week straight now. Yeah, that's like twenty six thousands or something. Yeah. I don't know if you remember any of the stories that we learned back about uh, nineteen twenty nine, but what I can yeah. say, there's something called a false inflation <laughs> going on here. No, it's pretty it's pretty crazy to see that um, to see those numbers. You know, those like fake numbers kind of getting better as like the world goes up in flames. You know, but. 
don't know. At the beginning of this, when like the Dow crashed, I actually was like watching some of that in real time when they actually had to like pause like trading for like 15 minutes here or there. There was like, a few <laughs> days in like mid to late March because it was just, I mean, they were just dropping. If you like turn on CNN, it was just dropping thousands of points before your eyes. I'd be like, okay, we have to, they, I forget what they call it. They, they put some sort of, some sort of minimum or like some sort of like, there's like a certain amount it's allowed to fall like in like a, in a short amount of time. Um, and they would, uh, just pause trading for like 15 minutes. So I, I remember when that was happening and it was kind of, there was something sort of comforting about the fact that, okay, so it's not just terrible in the, in the real world. It's also terrible for like rich investors too. Like that's, that's nice. Everything's matching up, you know, and now it's not matching up, you know, <laughs> it's, you back feel like the, it's not, you know, it's not just you and the people, you know, it's not just that we're like yeah, exactly. garbage people who can't manage money. It's not <laughs> there's external factors at play that are like making it hard. And so it's, yeah, when the stock yeah. market, Actually, no, that was reflects. that was very comforting at the beginning, and now now it's just like okay, it's business as usual. Now it's going up, even as unemployment numbers get higher every single week, and businesses are you know not coming back. I mean, now things are just straight up boarded up here, you know, for obviously other reasons now. Um, so now it's very confusing. Like where 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 is this coming from? Why is it getting better now? <laughs> like, yeah, anything, you know what? It's, it's uh, now, like in this week, you know, it's getting better now because. Uh, people are still getting unemployment. If there are not like automatic stabilizers of some kind that go into effect, it's going to get really fucking rough. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Like, I guess about two months or something when the, the PUA runs out at the end of July, I think um, mm. that's going to be, I was thinking about that. I'm like, but you know, especially in New York because like the reopening phases, um, it's like at the beginning, it's just manufacturing and construction, a couple of other like curbside things, but not, everything, you know, um, is coming back, uh, I guess, suppose, you know, I guess starting like next Monday or something, but, um, it's, it's going to be like several months before like everybody's job comes back, you know, if they come back and, um, I don't know, it's, it's weird around here. It's, it's like such a ghost town. Like every restaurant and bar is like, it's either boarded up or they just have like a little window open for you to like wait outside on the curb to like get shit from or they're delivering, you know? um it's it's uh it's very strange it's like a ghost town especially in this area where there's so many bars and restaurants you know it looks yeah, i think the east so village has like the most bars per capita in the country i think in the country oh wow I so i have to verify that i'm not sure but i think so wow i mean i could i could see that um yeah and and that, like, specifically bars are, I think, in the very last phase. I think that's, like, phase five or something. Um, so that's, I mean, that could be... Also, something. how fucking sci-fi is it? We're all just using words like phase. I don't... I, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's, that's one of the weird things. It's like, suddenly everybody knows the word epidemiologist, and everybody's like a... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. the way the vernacular has changed is one of the kind of most unsettling... I've noticed that... I've noticed that, too, and just saying, you know like hearing my mom say like social distancing, you know, she's like 61 years old and, you know, she lives in like Nashville, Tennessee and stuff, you know, and like just to hear, just to hear those kinds of terms is also funny or like, oh yeah, I got to go Zoom with somebody. It's like, that doesn't, no, we're going to ride bikes. Like, no, it's like, we're going <laughs> to like have a conversation, you know? Um, yeah, it's changed like the lexicon for sure. It's, it's a strange, it must be a strange time for like little kids to be like picking up stuff right now. Like you're, like your niece and stuff like that. You know? About that a lot. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, I don't think that it is um, inherently positive or negative, right? Like I've seen some posts from like 
you know, the anti-mask crowd who are like, this is doing terrible things to our children or whatever. I'm like, I don't think that it, there's like really a, a, a value uh, attribution to be had here. It's just yeah. very different from how it was when we were kids. It's the Obviously. new normal. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Speaking of like the list of words that yeah. I have to hear again. <laughs> we're all in this together. Suck my dick. So shelter in place. Stay home. Save lives. Put a banner on your Facebook profile. There's my sister showed me this. Um, it's the one of the kids from The Simpsons, Ralphie. And he's going in whatever it is that he normally says. I don't know. Oh, I'm in danger is I guess what he usually says. Oh, yeah. I didn't get to watch The Simpsons because um, I am the oldest of six kids. And so it was all Barney all the time. So I don't have all the references. But anyway, um, he's (laughs) the one that I like that has so much application these days is him just going, I'm helping. (laughs) It's usually in reference to something, you know, having to do with like your banner on your Facebook page or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm doing the smallest amount possible right now. (laughs) I mean, there's always so much you can do from within the four walls of your of your of your home too, you know. So, although I guess most parts of the country have opened up a lot more than New York has. Oh, you want to come back now, do you? I was that was that me who froze, or you, or I, I mean, think you, it you was froze. You. Okay, I don't know. No, but now my my picture isn't up, so I don't know. All right, you can see me though. No. All I, all I can see is a. Um... Oh wait a minute. Okay, oh, there you are. There you are. Yeah. You know, it's just like in real life. You know. Yeah. You know, like in real life, you have to like buffer sometimes. You know. <laughs> Still loading. You know. So like seventy-five percent of the person like walks into the bar to like hang out. And, like, hold on, the, the rest is coming. Hold on, it'll log on in a minute. That's my leg. Okay, just moves like really, really fast for a second. Yeah. All, all that, you know, like the kinetic energy has been like held in there. I have to move to make sure. See, this is why you move around to make sure you haven't frozen, you know. <laughs> See, I got it figured out. Just shake a lot. I hate this shit. It blows <laughs> so hard. <laughs> this, year, this year sucks. <laughs> it, it just this sucks. sucks. It really, like, there was something that was almost kind of fun about it at the very beginning because it was like, you know, it was still novel and like, you know, like, like a coronavirus. Yeah, well, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was novel, like a virus. Um, you know, like, oh, I, I'm helping by staying inside and like drinking all day and watching movies because I'm not like killing old ladies on the street, you know, like, with yeah, my- there's good memes. It's like, a, you know, good inside jokes culturally being about like, oh, you know, we'll get through this, lol. And then, of course, yeah. it got very real in New York very quickly. Yeah, it, very, very much so with all the videos of body bags and stuff like that. And I, I think I think you shared like some uh, tweet or like some meme or something that was like, I missed the, what did it say? Like I missed the stimulus check and uh, Tiger King part of, um, uh-huh. part of shutdown. Like, dark. Yeah. I was just getting dark. I was like, it's like, that's exactly how I'd been feeling. I'm like, this, this was sort of like cozy at the beginning it was like oh like we're all just staying inside i can look out my window and like know that everybody's just in their apartments like doing the same thing that i'm doing hanging out their underwear watching movies that's like the right thing to do you know like being a being a hermit and staying inside is saving lives like who knew and i've been doing that for years and and now it's like all right it's been almost three months like and stuff seems to be getting worse so (laughs) 
Maybe I've like been doing all the things that they said I needed to. You know, like I've watched like 45 movies or something. I've, I've been keeping a list of all the movies I've watched. And I think I've watched like 45 movies like since it started. I'm not really much of a movie person, but you know, you go through like every single TV show like that you watch and rewatch all of those. And then you're like, all right, I guess I have to start watching movies now. And so I guess I'm a movie person now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm thankful to, you know, have those things to keep me from, going completely insane i actually ordered some books uh the other day from abe books on, online um, abebooks.com um got some nice light reading uh it can't happen here by sinclair lewis and uh malcolm <laughs> uh, autobiography <laughs> so yeah i'm all set for for dystopia well, but yeah it was it, it was it was kind of fun at the beginning like i was you know yeah i got like the stimulus check and i was like still i still have some motivation to like do videos and like keep working on music and now i'm like I just don't even know what I'm doing with myself now. Like, I don't know. Like, I get like nervous about talking to people on the phone or like doing like a Zoom thing, you know, with my BFF. Like, cause I, I don't understand like conversational cues anymore. <laughs> and, you know, that's, I wonder like that, you know, when everybody comes back and, you know, like in groups and you know, we're trying to have like a conversation in person, if people are going to be able to, I don't know, deal with that very well, um, to deal with like communication um, issues that were already hard for like some people for, for various reasons. And um, and now we've gotten used to communicating in such a different way. Uh, it's kind of scary thinking about, I don't know, somehow applying that to like the real world in a few months, you know, wanting to like have a conversation like in person without feeling anxious from that you know I mean like if you have like because I deal with like social anxiety and stuff I know you do too and a lot of people do and it's you know if you would think that this stuff is better for that like oh nice I don't have to actually be around people I can still like communicate with them this will be great for my anxiety and it's really not it, it makes me like so much more anxious because I'm so I'm literally sitting in the middle of my apartment like completely by myself and I'm talking to my Chromebook like that doesn't make any sense and it, it starts freaking you out about what, like, how crazy that seems. Last time I checked, that was called insanity when you just sit in your apartment <laughs> and you just talk to a device, you know? Or, like, when I'm doing a live video and I'm just playing to a device. Like, that's weird. And I'm like, hey, thanks for listening, y'all. Like, there's nobody there, you know? Like, it's, it's just the ether, you know? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't want to be used to this, you know? That's what's scary, but but you have to have like some level of fluency and how to, you know, interact with people this way because this, this is how people are meeting and. Um... Yeah, I, it is really important, I think, for especially anxious people to have, you know, the world to practice in. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, like, that's exactly what it is. I, I feel very, I feel very like rusty that's especially when you live alone you know that stuff it really gets you know starts getting to you um it's uh if you already like deal with that stuff if you already have a hard time with that it's it hasn't made it made that any easier at all you know um i mean i still see my neighbors in the building sometimes they invite me to have like a drink you know like outside their door or something and hang out i'm like <laughs> a socially distanced drink yeah. yeah like you know as much as you can in my tiny building you know but um you know like hang out on the stairs in the hallway while they sit in their apartment or something. When I do have to go out to like go to the post office, go to the grocery store, you know, when I had a gig today, it's like pulling teeth. I, I loathe being outside, you know, um, it's not, you know, for safety reasons, but also it's just 
weird. It's just really weird outside. It's very depressing. The first is few it, times. What I does had, it feel like out there right now? Like, I, I mean, obviously, I haven't been in New York for. Yeah. Well, like months actually. <sighs> so. Yeah. Well, when this first began, like it, um, I, I guess it was like maybe a week or two into the shutdown that for New York, that was March 14th. <clears throat> that I finally had to, you know, I ran out of groceries and stuff. I needed like stuff from the drugstore and I would, you know, just go out for like just a very quick, you know, put on my, you know, mask and I, I wear a bandana. It fits my aesthetic better. So I do that and I wear like gloves and stuff and just keep it very quick. Just go get what I need and like come immediately right back to my apartment. I would come back and I wouldn't be right for the rest of the day. I would, I would usually dissolve into like tears, like usually by the time before I even came into my apartment because everything just looks so different outside. Um, everything is closed. Everything is boarded up. There's only like a handful of people you see walking around um, to take the subway right now. It's, I mean, I guess ridership is still down like 90% or something. It would just fuck with my head really, really, really bad um, to go outside. I mean, they say like, you know, make sure you get some exercise and get some fresh air and stuff. Obviously that's, those are healthy things to do, especially right now but it wasn't healthy for me. It was like mentally very unhealthy for me. And I would spend the next, like the rest of the night or like the next 24 hours, just like curled up in a fetal position at home. Like seriously, it, um, it just, it just all seems so dark and like dystopian outside, which I always thought I would like, but uh, when you can't get away from it, it's, you know, when it's outside, when it's inside, you know, like your apartment, because it's weird. Like it's not normal for me to just sit at home all day but then there's no like comfort or like normalcy outside either. There's nowhere to go. And it's not like, Oh, it's just New York. It's just New York state. It's just the U S no, it's the entire fucking world. There's literally nowhere to go to just be like, Oh, I just want to have like a normal summer. There is nowhere to go. And when that started hitting, you know, like occurring to me a few months ago, uh, I was, I don't know. It gave me a lot of really weird panic attacks um, to where now I just, I, as much as I need to be getting out and walking more, like if I walk, 20 minutes now I feel it for the next couple of days like my legs have like atrophied oh yeah and I like this time last year I was walking five or ten miles every day because I was dieting and stuff and losing weight and I love taking long walks I love this time of year I love I love warm weather and now like I can barely just perambulate like to the post office and back without feeling like you know I've been run over or something and uh and also it just, yeah. I had to get you one of those, like we have for my grandma, the little pedal thing that goes under her coffee table. <laughs> I've thought about that. I'm like, I need to have like a little exercise bike in here or something. I mean, I keep saying like when the weather gets nice, like I'll start, you know, I'll start going out for walks late at night. Well, that pretty much started happening this week and now we have a curfew. So I can't do that. Um, because I, I like going out late at night is one thing because there's not a lot of people around, but in general, there's not a lot of people around like late at night. So that, that seems like it would sort of be a little less jarring, you know, so I can only really go out in the daytime right now. And that it just doesn't, I don't know. It, it, it just looks really, it just looks really weird out here. And it's, uh, you know, you think after being cooped up for so many months that you would love those, like, you know, once a week trips to go get essentials, but I don't, I, I so don't look forward to them. You know, um, I, if I didn't have like CDs to send people like every week, I wouldn't go out at all, you know, but I go out like maybe once every seven or 10 days to like post office, drugstore, bodega. Like that's pretty much it. <clears throat> this is the second time I've taken a subway in the last few months. And um, you know, that's, that's very weird too. And um, yeah, it's. Yeah. Especially considering that you're usually 
since that's my job is to in play the subway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, how am I going to get back to performing in the subway in a few months? Hopefully. Uh, and like feel comfortable with it, like know how to even interact with people um, or know how to interact with, you know, the possible, very real possibility of it still being very lonely down there too, you know, and, and it might be for a few more months, but I might just have to say, fuck it. I still have to make a few dollars from the few people who are here. I, I don't know. I'm not sure how, how I'm going to Well, it also feels it. like some bullshit because you just kind of got to a place where you were feeling safe to be back to work anyway. <laughs> like, and I, and I didn't busk for like a year and a half when I was bartending and stuff and dealing with, you know, all the fallout, you know, after my dad dying and, and everything. And so I didn't even get started back into it until like last, I guess it's been about a year now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, you know, now I've had like three months without doing it. <clears throat> so I've sort of gotten, um, gotten rusty in that area again, too. It was, it's weird, you know, picturing like when I was walking, uh, when I got done with my gig today and was walking back home, it was weird to picture myself like standing in this very desolate station and playing, you know, for like the few homeless people who are living there right now. And it, like, that's, that's probably going to be the scene for a while, you know? Uh, I don't know. Like I, you, you have to get like a certain level of like, you know, sort of street tough to like perform down there and, you know, just confidence and, all, and uh, you have to be very like uh, vigilant and stuff too, of all the crazy people and shit. And, um, you know, I'm worried that like I've, lost i've gotten soft you know sitting in bed in my underwear watching you know every tyler Moore reruns and stuff and uh, like that doesn't prepare me for like you know what a chud is like trying to rob me or or shoot me in the head you know and uh that's i don't know i, I hope i hope i can get that i hope i can get that back you know um in a timely manner you know when i because i'm gonna i'm running out of money you know pretty fast here and i gotta i don't know i'm gonna have to like brave it at some point i just head down to the subway maybe like on my birthday like you know july 7th and maybe maybe just try it out then and see what happens you know like have a sign for like venmo and paypal and stuff because uh you know i gotta i gotta make the donuts i gotta pay the bills you know but for right now like i just i hate being outside and i do it as little as possible and how much do you really have to pay the bills like there's is there any kind of moratoriums going on um, right now? there's like a yeah, well, they have like an eviction moratorium, so like they won't, you know, because there's no like courthouses like in operation yeah. now, really, at least at least here in New York. Um, so if I think like the the eviction moratorium, I think they extended that. It was supposed to be the end of this month, I believe, but I think now it's the end of August or something. In Seattle, um, they just extended it to August. Yeah, so I mean that's so that's cool. And I've I've also heard I don't know if this is verified or not, but I've also heard that whatever you um, don't pay in this time period you have like 12 months to pay this back after that would be really fucking cool but yeah i don't know if that's verified or not there's been so many like bills that have you know gotten passed you know like uh statewide and like uh federally and stuff i don't even know what's what to believe anymore like you know there's there at some point they were trying to pass the like two thousand dollar a month stimulus thing you know they were talking about yeah. <laughs> and, like that's not gonna happen like so i i'm not sure if that's even completely accurate um but it's, I've been going with it, you know, but um, for right now, I've been sending half of my rent each month, uh, March, April, and May, I sent half, you know, it's been okay, you know, I just, you know, eat ramen noodles, I don't really care, <laughs> that's yeah. fine with, it. I'll just eat like a garbage person, you know, <laughs> uh, 
order from Taco Bell and they put like little nice notes in there like thanks for ordering with this like little personalized like stickers and stuff it's really weird yeah maybe I don't know if that's just for me or I don't know <laughs> it might be you're you're a VIP now so it's yeah. <laughs> a, a, a Taco Bell VIP yeah <laughs> mama's so proud yeah I know look at me now hanging out in bed talking to my BFF it's the future no it's just it's here it just like this is this is awful (laughs) this is not what uh, any of us were expecting you know um my you know i'll be i'll be 40 on july 7th and i was planning on seeing my mom in nashville god damn it (laughs) and i i can't i can't go now you know i mean it's i don't want to be on a plane are you kidding me like in a month hell no um i don't want to bring any potential germs to my 61 year old mom you know uh Right, you'd be coming so in from the hot zone, like, nah. Yeah, and I might, there might still be, like, a, a self-quarantine thing. I, I know that, I think that was a thing for a while with a lot of states. If you were traveling there from New York, you had to, like, quarantine for 14 days. Maybe it was just very specific states. I don't uh, know it was, yeah, it was, it's all over the Northeast. Um, although there are, Hawaii and Alaska both are like, hey, yeah, no, uh, nobody's coming in unless they quarantine. So that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I think Hawaii is, like, the fewest cases of, of all, so they're... They're trying to keep mm-hmm. their like, numbers like down, I guess. That. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't like go sit in Nashville for 14 days, you know, um, yeah. I'll, I'll lose my goddamn mind. But, um, but I was planning on doing that for my birthday this year. I wanted to go like see my mom and like camp out and like go canoeing like we used to do, um, on the Harpeth river, um, right outside of Nashville. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen now. So I'm not really sure what I'm doing for my birthday. I guess, uh, pretty much just this <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't. What if I get like, I don't know, just um, a UTI or a broken leg or something, and like need to go to the hospital right now? That sounds like hell on earth to have to deal with that. And like, I mean, I, I actually did have a UTI like about a week or two before the the shutdown, and I was at Bellevue in the emergency like urgent care area, <clears throat> and that was like right at the very beginning. Um, so there were they were already not letting in. Um, anybody to the emergency room except for the patients so they weren't you couldn't have like any like family or or friend with you so that that was already starting to happen um everybody there seemed to be there to get tested for for uh, covid i kept like overhearing it there were already people like in isolation room but that was like march um i want to say like march 11th or maybe like a week before that or something so right the very very beginning um but yeah like this this would be a shitty time to need anything from like a hospital you know it's because the resources are just um not really there for anything but but coronavirus right now you know um i feel like it's probably easy to get lost in the cracks like if you're fucking just having a heart attack or if you just have cancer you know like if you just you know like yeah like oh that just you just have those things like we don't we're not paying attention to that we're paying attention to this you know to this to this virus it's that we still don't understand right now you know um it would be pretty scary to be there and not have like you know to have doctors who might possibly be carrying the virus for one thing and also just not you know having like as much resource or like as much time for their other patients perhaps you know i don't know trying to stay healthy and not you know not have to go back to, to you know to, to bellevue like in the last few months and because that that day was like oh lordy like that was right at the very beginning like they weren't even requiring masks at that, at that point um so that's that's how early in all this it was but it was like a week later that the shutdown happened here in new york so i was i was very fortunate i didn't get sick from that 
super eerie. It's like a near-death experience. Um, I mean, that's kind of how it's felt just to be in New York this whole time because, you know, just the numbers here are so insanely higher than they are anywhere else in the world, I guess. Um, I guess they're coming down now and some places are starting to overtake it, but not, not in terms of total cases by far or total deaths. Right. Um, and so just even being here, just like, oh, I, another successful trip to the post office that didn't kill me, you know, like it, it feels like, oh, good. Yeah. Like it feels like every, every time you go out, like, okay, this might be the time that I get it, you know, because it's, it's New York, you know, and it's, it, it's just become so scary here. Um, you know, bodegas only let in like one or two people at a time now. And um, the post office only lets in like five people at a time or something. Um, it's uh, so, I mean, the places are taking a lot of precautions, you know, but people are, they're still getting it, you know, so it'll suck if like, you know, to, to get sick with this a few months from now when everybody else is like gone back to like normal life. Oh and everything, you know, the, the country's humming. Cause I, I've always been sort of a late bloomer. And I'm like, if I get this, I'm going to be that asshole who gets it like in October when everybody's more or less forgotten about it. When I've forgotten about it and maybe I'm not being as vigilant, you know, maybe I'm, you know, don't wear a mask, you know, starting in October or September or something. Um, that's going to be like, you know, that's going to be when I get it. Like nobody cares about it anymore. <laughs> they won't put a banner on their profile picture for me then, you know, they'll be like, Oh, Halloween and autumnal fashions. And, you know, oh, and, 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 and RIP Melissa, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, coronavirus. That's still a thing. That's so like April. <laughs> oh God! See, and that's just it. The time, the uh, the space time continuum is like speeding up. That's how it's really going to be. People are. I know, and like, you're like you're, you're in motion right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're like the space time continuum is speeding up. You say as you continue <laughs> walking around your your house. I'm just gonna start spinning in circles with the computer in my hand. Just freaking. That's what out I thought you were now. doing. <laughs> like, oh God, she's losing it. Melissa, the space time continuum is speeding up. <laughs> That's how I feel. Well, now I'm getting sit down. Whoop. I'm getting sweaty. This is a lot of talking for me. <laughs> this is a lot of work. Uh, okay, well, let's transition then, since um, we may as well move into um, some other arenas of coverage. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to turn up my air conditioner real fast. I'll be right back. All right. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> See, of all the things that, that you could be doing uh, in this time that concern me, climbing in and out of your bed is uh, top among them. Why? <laughs> you don't want to get injured. You don't want to fall. <laughs> well, I mean, I never want to fall, but, but yeah, this would be a bad time to, you know, have, have like a broken leg or something, have to go to the hospital, but now I, I'm an old pro. I, I have a chair now that I step into because I'm old. So <laughs> I used to do it with just upper body strength, but those days are long gone. So. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I just prefer to just hang out in my bed. I don't know. What's yeah. the point? You didn't go up there actually. I feel like you did not go up in your bed for a really long time when I met you. Um, I did used to sometimes like crash on my little tiny couch. Is that what you're talking about? Or mm -hmm. you were always um, on the couch weird i was always on the couch um <laughs> well i mean i would be now but it's like covered in crap it's covered in dirty laundry because <laughs> you know because <laughs> that's how we <laughs> that's that conversation has been going on for years 
<laughs> You're right. I, should, I shouldn't have worried that you would fall because you would have landed on your laundry. <laughs> it's always like, you know, like a foot of padding on my floor. Um, actually, no, my, my bedroom floor is, is actually um, clear right now, which is why there's just garbage bags of dirty laundry, like, in the other room. So I got to... I. I've, I actually have done laundry since all this started. I did that like very early, like maybe the middle of early or late March or something like that. But, um, but it's, it's about time to do that again. And I'm not looking forward to that. I mean, but I never am. So that's just, <laughs> that's normal. But, <laughs> oh, I can't um, do it because of the pandemic. Oh, mm-hmm. when was this excuse years ago? <laughs> or like going to the post office, like, Oh my God, I just, I, I've always been so bad with that. Like I need to send rent. I need to, or just, and it just like weeks would go by and I'm like, I have rent money. I just hate going to the post office. And now it's like, that's I'm like, well, I don't really have an excuse. Like I have nowhere else to go. Like, you know, I I actually am kind of this, I'm kind of the same way with the post office. I don't, I don't know why, because it's never like really that bad of an experience. It really doesn't bother me to like no. get the post office. I just, for some reason, to it's like, a, it's just a mental block that has just existed for a long time. And same with laundry, you know, but that's a little, that's just more labor intensive, like living on the fourth floor, walk up and like taking down a bunch of shit. Um, you know, even though it's only, it's just across the street, but you know, I just, I also have a lot of clothes, so I just don't really have to wash things a lot. And so I just get really lazy with that. And right now I'm not really like getting dressed a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the irony just, is like, I actually am doing better financially then I haven't quite a while just because like we were on paid furlough and I haven't had any overhead because I'm not traveling and stuff. And, and yeah. so like one That's of the true. things that I've been doing is, you know, uh, partly to stave off the like ennui and, and like existential terror that comes with not only this pandemic, but with being stuck in one place for me, which is, as you know, not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, is like every paycheck I buy myself a little something. And lately it's been like these, sundresses like clothes because I actually um you know I lost most of my clothes in that flood right yeah and so it's like okay you know I've got a little money coming in right now like may as well and so I have but then I'm like what I where am I gonna wear them fucking therapy (laughs) the answer is yes that's where I wear them every I get dolled up as fuck to go to therapy but is a therapy done like this nowadays? Yeah, Isn't it like I go, I go to I go to I see him in person. Oh, okay. Um, I'm the only not directly related to me person that I like interacted with for like six full weeks. It was really weird. Yeah, I just remember being like, if you could put out, that would. This would be the perfect relationship. You know? Vastly, yeah. I see you twice a week. We don't have any contact beyond that. <laughs> the only thing wrong with this is that you don't put out. Well, I'm sure it's not for, for lack of trying, you know, perhaps, but no. I mean, I, I don't know what you do there, but you know, I'm, I'm not judging. I talk you. about my feelings, Melissa. <laughs> Before or after the sex. Right. I wish. God, <laughs> ever. I'm, we're never going to have sex again. I don't think it's ever going to happen ever again. <laughs> I know. I, I like, what do people do right now who do, like, the Tinder kind of thing? This like, is, people have been going on fucking Zoom dates. You think Zoom funerals are bad? No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I don't know what sounds worse, actually. I think I would pick the, the, if it was, like, if I was passing by, like, you know, a Zoom, you know, like, alley, you know, with, like, different places you could go hang out, like, in a virtual room, I'd probably pick the funeral over the date. 
but uh, <clears throat> that sounds uh, terrible. Are they like, are they like having like Zoom sex? Is that a thing? Can I feel like it would have to be. <laughs> Full service date, you know? Like, I go back, I've, you know, I honestly like, I've never even been on a Tinder date. It's been. Yeah, I've never used Tinder. So. I go, well, I started going on Tinder when um, they took away the Craigslist personals. Oh, yeah, yeah, I loved, I used to love, Lauren and I would sit up at night uh, and read them to each other, like the bad Craigslist personals. Yeah, um, yeah. And so then we got on Tinder to be able to do the same thing. Just send the bad Just to make fun of people. Together. Just to make fun of people, yeah. Uh, and bitch about how terrible dating is. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's I don't know it just feels really inorganic and I can't even imagine how like incredibly terrible a zoom date would be that's I mean in a way it's kind of cool because at least you're getting to see the person as opposed to just like texting a whole bunch you know to somebody like I guess is internet dating these days is just lots and lots of texting but that's ostensibly to lead up to like an in-person meeting at you know at some point you know but um but the point of, but what is the point of a Zoom date? Is that to see, like, if you like this person and want to see them in real life in a few months? Or, like, is that going to be the, the whole relationship is just going to be right. Zoom? Like, like this is it. Like, I mean, I guess I wore, it reduces. I wore my best dress for you. I guess it reduces your chances of getting catfished, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. that I, I didn't realize that, that people have been using Zoom for that. Um, wow. Of all the terrible things that I learned about on Twitter. It'll breathe new world. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that sounds pretty terrible. Like, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not, like, dealing with any of that. Um, <laughs> just, I'm just, you know, just hang out here with my stuffed animals and I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, like, the, the hookup, the hookup culture, as old people say, you know, like, where where is that going now? I don't know, especially if nobody knows how to communicate anymore, right? Like, you, we were all... Yeah, we were so good at it before, you I was going to say, like, everybody was bitching about how millennials can't, like, function, and millennials and the kids these days can't, like, function off of their computers, and, you know, kids are, like, having sex later and later, and, like, every, you know, no one's, we're, none of us are getting married and all this other bullshit, and it's like, well, now what? Now we're not even, like, just sitting at a restaurant together. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just completely taken like any humanity out of it whatsoever so um yeah that's that sounds pretty bleak <laughs> that's, thanks for giving me a depressing thing to think about now <laughs> just, listen it's just the end of the species it's fine yeah that's that, that's true i imagine there's going to be a big population drop like the like early next year or something like that you know um like pe people who would normally be conceived right around now you know um I imagine there's going to be, I don't know. I, I, don't you think so? Like, I've been thinking about that. I don't, well, I think maybe it could aid in the, uh, in the, like, speeding up of the idiocracy timeline. <laughs> well, we've been, like, kind of full throttle with that since, like, 2016. Well, I'd but say. think about it, it's, like, the places where people are really acting like fucking idiots and still going out and, like, not listening to guidelines those are the people that are like still having sex. Oh, oh right, right, right. So, so, so they're, they're keeping their distance <laughs> in the pool, you know? So. Right. Like that's going to accelerate the timeline. I am afraid. Um. 
So tell me about your apartment. My apartment? Yeah, you know what's funny is I was talking to my mom. Last night I was telling her that I had this, this Zoom date with you. And she was like... Oh, your mom loves me. And she goes... She does. Um, she <laughs> goes, doesn't Melissa have carpeted <laughs> steps that lead to her like a platform it's like a weird platform in her i was like mom that's the shower well okay the steps are not carpeted the steps have like a fake uh, marble pattern linoleum on them first of all <laughs> but the rest of the apartment is carpeted well i didn't put it in there <laughs> so it was it was like that um yeah tell me the story of your tell me how you found that apartment what your deal is like give me the give me the the background of of this place oh right 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 um, I found it on, I believe I found it on Craigslist. Um, that was 2005 and, um, I was, I was living, um, at campus housing at NYU at the time. Um, but I just, it was a shared studio with another grad student and I fucking hated it. Like the girl was like the most boring person in the world. And she just like, she never, she never left home and she just ate snacks and watched TV all the time. Kind of like what we're all doing now. I just realized she's in heaven. But, um, yeah. she only had like four books and they were all like self-help books and like how to clean things. And she, the only like music she had, like the only CD she had were like, now that's what I call music compilations. What? Um, <laughs> like she was just really, really boring and I hated him. Like I just moved to New York and I want to have a crazy roommate who's like, you know, doing you know drugs off of like you know a hooker's ass in the bathroom you know like especially coming from new orleans like yeah but, but for me coming here from new orleans like i needed you know some action and stuff so i i didn't think i could deal with um campus housing for another year um so i just started looking for um you know for an apartment towards the end of my first year of grad school and um i at that time my budget was like I think it was like 1200 a month or something. That's only because I was making pretty good money teaching at NYU and stuff. And I had a work study job as well. But um, I don't know. I looked at like maybe half a dozen, maybe maybe 10 places. I'm not sure. Um, but this place, I believe I found it on Craigslist. I think it was Match Realty, but they had like a, a listing on, on Craigslist. And um, and I, uh, I don't know. I came here and checked it out. I really liked the East Village. And it was weird because I had actually looked at another apartment in the same building from the same realty company but it was a different broker or something and that was like a few weeks before but i was like i don't know this building is really weird it's all slanty and everything like none of the floors are even and then like the semester was drawing to an end and i'm like shit i gotta find somewhere to, i gotta find somewhere to live and uh i found another listing but i didn't know it was for the exact same building they, they don't put like the address on craigslist listings you know and um so i just showed up and i was like wait a minute i think i think i already looked at an apartment in this building a few weeks ago it was, I was kind of getting down to the wire and also the, he, uh, my landlord didn't require, um, uh, guarantor, uh, which is unusual, you know, for poor people. And so I just, it was like, it was what I could afford. It was like 10, 25 a month when I, when I moved in or 10, 10, 50 or something like that. That was, so yeah, that was like June. Actually. Yeah. That my, my lease, uh, renewal was always like June 1st every year. I don't know. That's, I just, I really like this neighborhood. It used to be pretty cool back then you know it kind of reminded me of new orleans i guess like the east village and lower east side um i think i moved here like right at the at the very end of like it actually being kind of cool i mean like mars bar was still here like carova milk bar was a thing um i guess cbgb's was still a thing for a tiny bit when i first moved here just for a couple of months or something but um of course none of those places exist anymore a lot of other places have closed too 
but uh yeah it was i think this apartment is like 150 175 square feet or something uh i don't even know how that's legal i i, I always thought that wasn't legal to have this in an apartment in new york but i think this building this building is like 150 years old though actually and uh maybe yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a got, proper tenement it's yeah yeah I guess those kinds of things get grandfathered in because I'm pretty sure these are considered like legally too small to have as like single occupancy apartments. But um, I don't know, like it, it wasn't, it didn't seem too small for me when I first moved here. I didn't have a lot of shit, but you know, I've lived here, you know, so now that's uh, 15, uh, it'll be 15 years. Um, actually, no, it, yeah, it just turned to be, it just turned 15 years. I've lived in this apartment this month. Oh my God, that's weird. That's really weird. I've never lived anywhere this long, like in my life, but um now I've like amassed a lot of other crap. So it seems very <laughs> crowded in here. Like I only, I don't have that much room for all my bags of dirty laundry now, you know? Um, I have a gigantic, like 200 pound, like iron cage in the middle of the, of the apartment, you know? Um, I have like really tiny, like almost like dollhouse size kind of furniture. I mean, you've seen it. My couch quote unquote is really a settee. That's, that's what it was called on eBay when I bought it. I have like the world's smallest loft bed because it only, it, like the height is only like um five feet or like maybe even less than five feet or something which is pretty short for like a lofted bed but the ceilings in here are only like maybe seven and a half feet or something yeah, like i don't know maybe, maybe eight feet at the most like it's maybe very yeah. i mean because i'm sitting in bed now and like i can sit up and like my my hand is like about I put my hand up right there. I have about, like, I have just enough room to put my hand on top of my head and then it hits the ceiling while I'm sitting up in bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I, I've always, I always like this little stupid place. I like having just a small place, like without roommates and stuff, um, you know, that I can just have all my, like, all my piles of garbage in, you know, and nobody, nobody judges me, you know except for doing like live videos when I'm like, Oh no, everybody can see all my trash behind me. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I remember like when, when you... I, when I lived in Soho, there was Shane said to me one time, something about like my shitty apartment. And I was like, what are you talking about? My apartment's great. And he was like, you, <laughs> he was so full of himself as, with his Ridgewood life, you know? Like, oh, I know. Fucking the third entrance in his gigantic bed. Captain suburbs over here. Fuck. And, yeah. but I was just like, He's like, you love your shitty apartment the way that people love their shitty kids. <laughs> and I just, I got so mad at him. I was just like, you know, fuck you, man. And, uh, but then of course, after, you know, after he died, I was like, I remember coming back into the apartment because I, you know, I'd been stripped of all my like, you know what I mean? Like I was in this state of very like raw, yeah. seeing the world like in a very raw way. And I walked into the apartment and I was like, this is a shitty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like the second it did, it's like when you fuck an ex and you realize they don't actually smell good you know like when you were really into them you know i never liked the songs he played anyways it just, yeah it was just like wow this actually is a shitty apartment and i had like my mine was probably about three times the size of yours but it was laid out in such a weird way that it almost felt more confining because it had that weird the place that I that I know of that had that really weird narrow hallway and like yeah the one in the living room between the two bedrooms it wasn't really a living room it didn't really have like windows or anything it, it didn't was, have a window so they couldn't classify it as a bedroom yeah yeah it was yeah that was a weird little place so like I don't know how you even moved in there like it's so narrow when you walk in like the doorway I mean I that's one of the reasons I'm still here is like I can't I mean 
this is a shitty place. Like, don't get me wrong, but I, for one thing, I can't afford to move. You know, this it's is a rent stabilized place. What's that? But it's your shitty place. It's my place. shitty place. I've made it. I've made it my own shit. You know, but it's it's rent stabilized. That's really hard to come by these days. Um, if I move somewhere, I that I could even first of all, my price range does not exist because of you know because this is rent stabilized. <clears throat> what I pay here is like very little um, for 2020 prices. You know, like very 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 little, especially for this neighborhood. It's little for like anywhere in Manhattan and probably most parts of Brooklyn and probably even most parts of Queens. I mean, it's honestly just ridiculously like um, little uh, that I pay. I mean, it seems like a lot to me because I'm poor, but um, but also like it's just I, I I'm really dreading the day that I do inevitably move. I don't want to die here um, because it's a fourth floor walk up, and I am not looking forward to like getting all the shit that I've like amassed like down these stairs. You know, <laughs> like. I probably should move while I'm still sort of, you know, sort of young and agile because I don't know how I'm going to be like 60 years old, like, you know, wheeling out my accordions down the stairs, you know, <laughs> like this. It's a really like oddball image in my head, but uh, it's it's probably going to happen. But um, I don't know, but, but I like it. Like it, it, it would be cool to have a bigger place so that I could have people over more often. Like when you would stay here, like, um, I mean, we've slept in the same same bed together like but it's still it's kind of a smallish bed you know for two people I've made it work you know like with, yeah I mean fortunately you're very small yeah I don't I don't take up too much room but also sometimes like you would just crash on the the settee face down you know with your pants down as I recall <laughs> uh, listen you have to you, you don't don't edit that out you have to leave that in there I will leave I promised you I would leave it in there if you made a joke about me coming home drunk and crashing into things in your apartment and then falling. Well, in. Yeah. Well, I think I was like passed out in bed, but I think like, <clears throat> I think it was Milton who saw it the next morning or something when he was getting ready to go to <laughs> it work. Was, it was because we came in, we were shit housed and, yeah. and we didn't really think anything of it at the time. I think probably like we're making jokes about it, but then Milton was like, I came back and I don't know, Blair is laying in the living room like she hadn't gotten all the way out of her pants, but <laughs> yeah, like you were like sort of halfway on the couch but your face was kind of on the floor and it was just like DVDs like all over you. It was like, a <laughs> but I don't know how you slept that way. In my, well, soundly apparently. Um, <laughs> in my defense, I probably made it onto the couch and then fell off of the couch. But what about the pants, Blair? The pants. But yeah, I wish I had like more room, like, you know, for a company, like if, if people wanted to like, crash and stuff and I, I've I've had people crash here you know over the years but usually yeah, literally like, off your bed haha ha, yes yes it was that time that somebody fell off of my bed onto a one of those like Virgin Mary like cheap grocery store like glass like tall votive candle sort of things and and uh yeah he fell and I don't know how how this such a freak accident he fell right on top of the candle with his ear and I just woke up to the sound of him like screaming and he was like crawling on the floor into the other room, like holding his head. There's just blood everywhere. And I, I mean, cause we had come back completely like, you know, trash and stuff. So I was still kind of drunk and I was really out of it. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, call 911. I'm like, I, I'm so confused. There's just blood everywhere. And he can't really even hear what's going on. He's just holding his hand like that. I, we didn't even know what he had fallen on because I, I just, I never thought anything about that candle down there. It was on my, it was on one of my shower steps, you know, so I, I thought maybe he had like actually fallen on the shower step because they have like pointy edges, you know, but, um, 
but it, yeah, then we get like the ambulance comes and we go to the hospital and, and, you know, they're like doing CT scans and stuff and they're finding all this glass in his head. And uh, I, I stayed there with them while they were like sewing him up and stuff. Cause it was pretty fascinating to watch actually. And he was a good sport about it. And he always gives me shit about this. Cause like, you know, we're, we're still good friends. He always gives me shit that like at some point in the hospital, I was with him like the entire eight hours he was there getting stitches and stuff. Oh my God. I, I apparently said to him, uh, so you're not going to sue me, are you? <laughs> I, I didn't know him, like, I hadn't known him for very long at that point, you know, like, I, we, like, we were in the same theater group, and we, like, worked together a few times, but I, I was really uh, concerned about that, but I was like, I, I'll buy you a, a burger, you're not going to sue me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> really sorry, my apartment almost killed you. And, and then, like, I came home, you know, like, he went on his way, and I, I came home, and I was, like, trying to clean up all the blood and everything, and I was still trying to figure out what the fuck he had injured himself on, and then I found the, the candle, and it just had these two shards of glass sticking up, and, like, yeah, dude, I mean, he got very lucky it didn't go, like, into, like, his ear canal, or, like, into his eye or something, you know, or, like, his jugular, I mean, there was bits of glass behind his ear like he still had like glass they still had to like do some surgery like a few months later because they still he still had a big chunk of glass behind his ear he could actually feel it like moving around and stuff that they hadn't found that first that first go around um so hey that never happened to you you know like at least you, you didn't fall out of the, the loft bed he is the only person who's ever fallen out of my loft bed well i think i fell out like a year or two ago when i was really wasted but that was the first time it had ever happened and it hasn't happened since then i mean those those stairs the, the shower steps are kind of scary you know I, I should put something on the corners you know because it's just like i'm always like cutting myself when i walk by like they, they grab my legs and stuff <laughs> they are kind of like in the worst possible place well that's because the shower is in the worst possible place because it's in the middle of the bedroom <laughs> So there's that. But you do have a really fabulous water closet. Well, yeah, at least the toilet is in its own separate room and it can lock, you know, like the door locks and everything and it's, and it's far away, you know, so like one person can be taking a shit, the other person can be laying, laying in bed and they don't have to like smell each other. Um, well, your you water know, closet, smell. the water closet yeah. is my like least and most favorite part of your apartment. Uh, the least favorite part is probably because it's just dirty. I imagine no, the most no, favorite my, part is... It's my least favorite part because I don't really fit into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like hearing people, like, go in there who are, like, bigger than me. And I just hear, like, all this shit, like, like knocking around. It's like, are you okay in there? It's like, you know, and Tommy Boy when he's, like, trying to, like, change his clothes in the plane, you know? It's and like Tommy Boy, fat, fat guy in a little coat. Like, that's... What it's <laughs> but it's just, like, all this stuff, like, falls and, like, hits him on the head, like, the shelf. And he's, like, trying to hang up his suit on, the like, the hook and everything. And he can't move around. <laughs> and everybody in the plane is hearing him, like struggling and yelling and when I hear people use my bathroom and I hear like toilet paper like falling because I have like this coat rack that I use to like hang toilet uh rolls of toilet paper on because that makes sense and it's just like falling down on top of people and I have like a stack of books and those are falling down on people um it's uh it, it, I don't know it amuses me I like hearing that <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways your apartment really is like the perfect hovel for a tiny weird like eccentric accordion playing academic it it kind of is i mean can you really picture me somewhere else no i can picture other apartments becoming like yours uh in your wake <laughs> oh i'll put i'll leave my mark on them eventually you know yeah. like i'm sure I, you, could, you could put me in like you know buckingham palace and like you know within like 
three days, I'll be like, okay, I got to bring up my cage. I have to have my cage in the middle of the floor, my big 200 pound wrought iron cage from the accordion store in the Lower East Side. You know, I'll, I'll make it, I'll make it disgusting. Eventually I'll have like, you know, a layer of dirty clothes on the floor and, um, you know, I'll, I'll like, you know, give it the, the, the royal treatment as it were. But I, uh, I don't know. It's, it is kind of, there, there's a lot of, um, a lot of dangers in the apartment for sure. You know, I mean, there's the stove, like it, it's, everything is so small that sometimes if, if I'm like leaving my apartment with my accordion on to go play a gig, <clears throat> I can like brush against the stove and accidentally turn on a burner. That's happened several times. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily it's a gas stove so I can sort of hear it, you know, and I always check when I walk by the stove and I make sure all the knobs are st- <laughs> I just realized that's something that I do. <laughs> <laughs> that probably other people don't do. That's a good, I mean, I'm really glad that you're, you know, you've become, you've adapted, right? Like, that's good. Oh, very much so. Like, it's, you know, it, it's a natural selection, like, at its, at its finest, you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, or, or I'll, like, you know, like, I can, I can, like, just sit up too fast in bed and, like, you know, hit my head on the ceiling, you know? Um, I don't have a closet, so I have to hang all my clothes. Like, I rigged up, like, a pole underneath the the lofted bed and I have all my clothes hanging there um but that means I have to have like a flashlight to like look for clothes to wear <laughs> I used to have like one of those like stick on like wall lights that you kind of like press like that like they're kind of like a big button sort of I used to keep those down there because it's just dark it's, my apartment is so small and like shadowy they're like even with every single lamp on or um I don't I don't really use the I don't use the overhead light in my living room because it just, it just sucks. Um, but like with every other light on, I still have to use like the flashlight on my phone to look for things in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. You only have the one, you only have, so like basically when you come into your apartment, you go up four flights of stairs and then you come in and it faces <laughs> like if it weren't for the furniture, it would actually be like a nice open layout because everything is against the walls. Like there's a kitchenette, but you, yeah. only, you have the one window and it is in the very far well there was a tiny window in the water closet okay i've never seen or noticed that and i've been in that water closet a lot of times so yeah it's up there that's where there's like frosted glass kind of windows and i keep a lot of uh, tchotchkes in front of it so (laughs) it's just like cobwebs and tchotchkes in front of it right now right (laughs) i've never seen or noticed it therefore it doesn't exist oh okay well um, but you've really, you've got the one like visible functional windows. You have the one that goes out to the fire escape. Yeah. Yeah. And that has like the, the built-in, um, metal gate that's like required by law in New York city apartments to keep people from uh, killing themselves, I guess. I don't know. Um, or maybe a side to keep kids from killing themselves. I don't, it's, or I don't know. I just always assumed it was to keep people from jumping out of the window, but, um, I think it's actually something not quite as like macabre as that. But, um, yeah, I think it's it, probably, I, I don't know that it's even a law thing so much as it is like a East Village used to be pretty roughneck and they put a bunch of those things on windows for break-ins. Yeah, I guess it's like a burglar bar sort of thing. Um, I always, I think I also read too, it was something like if you had a, a child under the age of 10, you had to have the gate up for sure. I think, um, oh. so I think maybe it's to keep kids from climbing out there or something, but, um, but that gate gets in the way all the time and like sometimes it'll just like swing open and like hit me you know um so that's that's also kind of weird um it, it vibrates when i have the air conditioner on it's like like it's just metal vibrating like by my window so that's nice too um i only have like a few outlets here so i have like a shit ton of power strips which is always kind of dangerous to use <clears throat> but i don't have like very many outlets um 
and the outlets I do have are very like inaccessible. You know, I've put furniture in front of them by now. So um, everything is an old building up. thing, right? How old is your building? Yeah. Do you know? It, it's 150 years. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's old as shit, dude. What do you really, what do you like about your apartment? Um, I, I probably just like the, the privacy of it. You know, like this, this whole building is just single occupancy, tiny apartments like this. And it's, there's only, um, 16 units in this particular building and there's eight in the back building. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I like, I like that it's about the size of like one really large, like bedroom. And so it just kind of feels like, I don't know when I, when I walk in the door that it's just my little like haven, you know, um, like I keep, you know, I say like, Oh, it'd be nice to have friends over more often. It's kind of nice to like, not to like have an excuse, <laughs> like to not have people <laughs> over. Like there's just really not that much room. I can maybe like entertain a guest to like watch, you know, a movie or something, but then it, you know, we're going to be like bumping into each other and it's, it's, it's time to go. Unless you're like sharing my bed with me, it's time to go. You know, that's, that's just, that's just yeah. true in general. Right. But, um, but I, I don't know. I, I think I've just always liked it that it's, it's private and it's, and it's really quiet too. Uh, being on the fourth floor and it faces the back of the building. Um, I mean, I make noise cause I play the accordion, but, um, it's not like, it's not like a lot of, um, street sounds up here, which is, which is cool. Um, I used to, I used to not like that. I used to wish I faced First Avenue so I could, I don't know, feel, you know, like hear the city, see the city more, but I think that would get very old after a while. <laughs> yeah, until like the first night you try to go to sleep and especially living like two doors from Coyote Ugly, you know, um, I I can hear things when my windows open, um, but that's what's been weird about <laughs> the pandemic is that with my window open, I can't hear anything up here. There is like nothing going on. There's not people, there's not revelers in the street. There's not a lot of street traffic. I hear like right now I hear lots of helicopters like the last few days and sometimes I can hear like other apartments around this building um it, it was so quiet here these last few months you can hear people's phone conversations like floating out of their windows when you walk down the sidewalk yeah it's that's how quiet it is but yeah I don't know I I like I just like having like my my crap or Maui you know like I I miss you know obviously like when Milton and I broke up like obviously that's been very hard um but the in a way, like it's been kind of nice to have my place back to myself again. I, I miss living with him and stuff, you know, in a lot of ways. But I like having just my girly stuff around me, like just my like little stupid dresses to hang up and, you know, like, oh, I need to hand wash my bra and like have that hanging up somewhere. I kind of, I sort of was missing that for a while because there's just not a lot of space when two people live here, you know. Um, I mean, we made it work because he's really small too. But um, I've actually sort of, kind of like rediscovered how much I enjoy just being at home like this last year and a half, you know, um, just having like just my stuff here, you know, and having control over it. Like it's still a disaster in here, but it's, you know, I'm in charge of it. You know, it's not like, Oh, somebody else's mess that I can't do anything about. It's like, no, this is my mess. And I just am not going to do anything about it. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's different, you know, it's very different. It's, it's a, it's a volition thing, you know, it's an, it's intention. Well, you've done you've done a tremendous amount of work to get to this place. I know. I mean, that breakup was really, really draining for you. Yeah, and I mean, his stuff was still here till like November or something, and we broke up last January, like of two thousand nineteen. Um, and he still had stuff here like October or November, so it still didn't really feel like my apartment again until probably like six months ago. And um, so I, I don't know. Like I I I enjoy just being here, like by myself and. If I just want to like read, you know, have it quiet in here, I can have it quiet. If I want to listen to music, you know, if I want to play music, 
um, you know, and I, and, it, and, it, and again, it makes me like just happy to have like a small place, you know, cause like I couldn't afford like a bigger apartment. So I'm glad that I don't have like roommates, you know, that I can just sort of enjoy like um, my own, just my own time, my own space again, you know, after, after sharing that with somebody for four and a half years, you know, although like the last few months, it's like, wow, I can't, now, I, now I'm just not even supposed to leave it, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the weather is getting nice and I kind of wouldn't mind getting out a little bit more, but now I can't. <laughs> One of the things I always really liked about being in New York was the ability to be alone in New York. Like, it, it, it is comforting to be in your personal hovel and have oh, the sounds of the city out around you, you know? And have privacy, you know? Um, it's really nice, if you, especially if you don't have roommates, just to have that privacy. If you've spent all day surrounded by thousands and thousands and millions of people on the sidewalks and subways, wherever you work or like at a restaurant or a bar or like a grocery store, just any place that's full of people, which was the case until a few months ago. Which is everywhere because everywhere yeah. is always full of people. Yeah. All every, and the minute you walk out the door, it's, you have to like almost queue up just to even get on the sidewalk behind people, you know, especially in this neighborhood. And it's so nice to like, like, Oh God, what a shitty day. Like everybody just get out of my way. I just want to hurry and get home. And then like, you just walk in your door and you're like, you're just completely safe from everybody, you know, um, you're you still here. I mean, you still know they're out there, which is also, which yeah, also you can choose, you can choose to engage if you want, especially in this neighborhood where there's so much, you know, there's like a nightlife. So there was, you know, uh, like you can choose to engage, you can choose to go out, you know, and like, Oh no, I want to get a drink or I want to go to a restaurant or I want to take a walk, go to the park or shopping or something. But if you don't want to, you can also just, you know, have, privacy and, and silence, you know, and I definitely, you know, it's, as a, it's, it's funny coming, you know, as a subway musician who makes a lot of noise, you know, I definitely like having silence when I come home. Um, if, uh, like, at least, at least for a little bit to kind of like, you know, decompress and stuff, but, um, and then I might put on like reruns of, you know, I Love Lucy or something like that for, for, <laughs> you know, to, to help me go to sleep, you know, because I don't like, I can't sleep when it's completely quiet, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's very nice just to, yeah, like, like, as you said, just to have somewhere that, you know, like you can be alone in, like, you know, like, do you go out at the beginning of a work day and you're like, Oh God, I have to be around people all day. Well, in eight hours I can come back and I can just hide from the world until tomorrow. You know, um, that's, uh, I'm, that's definitely very fortunate, you know, um, and like in this, and I, I like, you know, being in this neighborhood too, like, you know, back when, you know, before a few months ago when, um, you would hang out with, you know, maybe hang out with friends, meet up with them at a bar or something. It was always understood that you were, you weren't going to go to wherever they lived in the city. They were going to come to you, you know? Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah. Living in the East Village, like, that's that's one of the best things about living in the East Village. It's like, you, oh, you yeah. don't have to travel. People will come to where you are, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a given. And if you, I mean, sometimes, like, I get bored. I, I want to get out of my comfort zone. And I'll tell a friend, like, no, I'll come see you. Like, well, you can hang out in Brooklyn. They're like, really? Like? Yeah, I've, I've, got, like I've gotten you to come to Park Slope a couple times when I was yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy that, but after a few hours, I start getting antsy and wanting to to come back home. But um, but I like getting out of my comfort zone and seeing like a bar, like a random part of the city I've never been to. But it's always funny when I talk to those friends, and I'm like, no, I can come. Uh, I'll come uh, hang out with you at your place. You always you always come hang out in my neighborhood. And they're like, but there's only like one bar around here, and I'm like, but that's so cute. I want to go there. <laughs> show me, show me your little neighborhood bar. That's adorable. Like here, there's like, I never really had like a neighborhood except for Barty too, which closed years ago. 
I never had like a set like neighborhood bar. There's like a few different places I would go to. Um, but there's just, there's like, you know, 12 bars like in every block, you know, and you don't, there's no shortage of that, you know, whereas like in other parts of the city, you just kind of have to go to the one place that's there, you know, <laughs> like this is the place I go to because it's the only place in 20 minute walking distance, you know, and I think that's really cool. And I'm like, no, I want to come out there. I want to see like, you know, your spot and see, you know, and they're like, I don't know, it's really boring. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is so, uh, you know, I don't know, there's something so homey and provincial about this. Like, what do you call this area again? Brooklyn. Like, yeah. All right. Um, God, you sound like such a fucking, oh, that's, you're, it's, it's, uh, like a yuppie or something, but. No, <laughs> well, it's just, just like a Manhattanite. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've only lived in Manhattan. Like the first year I lived here, I lived on, you know, campus housing at NYU. And then um, I've had this apartment ever since, so. I've only lived, um, so like, in, you know, NYU does like right by Washington Square Park. Um, I lived on uh, Washington Place between Mercer and Green for the first year <clears throat> that I've lived here um, in the East Village, you know, for 15 years. So I don't, I've, and I've, and except for that first year that I had the really boring roommate in the studio, um, I haven't had any roommates, you know. Yeah. So I don't really understand that lifestyle. I don't think I would do well with it. <laughs> it you know what? It fucking sucks. I, I did it. I lived in Bushwick for like two months short, like six months after I first lived here. Then I moved to Bay Ridge um, and I was there for like a year and a half. Um, but other than that, I, I mean, you know, I was in Inwood, I was in East Harlem. I was, I've mostly only lived in the city. Um, yeah. And. Oh yeah. I almost I forgot about your East Harlem place. Yeah. Uh -huh, and then I was in Soho for a long time and I, I would just, I would not, move to Brooklyn if I were to come back it would I would want to be able to live in I could see living in like Prospect Heights I really like um like downtown you get Brooklyn. space that's for sure yeah I mean there's I like those areas of, of Brooklyn but it's they're more expensive than it, than my place I mean every every place is more expensive than my apartment that's just yeah. that's just yeah. a fact like <clears throat> especially if I want to live alone I'm not going to find any place that's this cheap because it's rent stabilized. Yeah. So that's just, people are like, oh, why don't you live like somewhere where it's cheaper? Like, you know, since you're poor and have a hard time paying rent. I'm like, where? There, uh, so go back down south, I guess. Cause like there is nowhere in New York anymore that's this cheap, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my rent is still under 1500. Yeah. That's very, very unique. Sorry, I'm all slouching and <laughs> just getting comfortable with my stuff. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> I've forgotten how to communicate with people. Is this right? <laughs> I'm here to help you practice, Melissa. You know, it's I can introduce you to all my stuffed animals. Yes, please tell me. Tell okay, me so, about stuffed animals. So, uh, ah, I think. Oh, first of all, like you're talking about like um, other dangers in my apartment. You see this like metal, like uh, Pennsylvania Dutch sort of like barn star. Uh -huh. You know that people. I don't know. They were really popular. Like. 20 years ago, like in antique uh, shops and stuff. I got it at an antique place here in the East Village. But this thing is pointy as hell and it falls like <laughs> down a lot. Why I keep it over my bed, I don't know. But anyways, uh, directly below that is Mr. Softy. This was uh, a Valentine's Day gift from Milton a few years ago. I just like picturing him walking down the street carrying this for me. This is uh, this is knee cat, kind of like knee cap because it feels really comfortable to put like between your knees, you know, like when you're sleeping. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is a crust bug. I, 
I don't know what that is. Um, it looks like a little alien. Is, yeah, I uh, should be describing them, yes. This is a red fox. It's just like, <laughs> he's like he's got little Velcro things in his paws uh, because he um, there's like a blanket that comes with him. I, I think he's called a cuddle buddy. And there's a blanket that comes with him and, and like his Velcro paws like were wrapped around the blanket. But the blanket's like really filthy right now. I need to wash it. Uh, here's another cat. Hello. This is Raver Cat. He sells drugs to the other stuffed animals. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This is another bear. This is the mayor of all the bears. This is Mayor Beanbutt because he's got like the little like beans in his in his butt. Can you hear that? Nice. <laughs> okay, making sure. This is probably my first bear I got here. Uh, Salman Rushdie. <laughs> I uh, rescued him from like a. Uh, like a hunting goods store in North Carolina when I was there a few years ago. And uh, I don't know, he looked really cute and soft. So I carried him back on the, on the Greyhound back up here to, to New York. And I felt really silly, like holding this stuffed bear in my lap. But then I shit you not, at some point on that trip from North Carolina up here, this girl got on at one of the stops and she had on, she had a gigantic stuffed bear. What? I have no idea why. This wasn't Valentine's Day. It wasn't like any time of year when people have stuffed bears. But she had one of those like life-size huge teddy bears and she came on the bus and sat with that bear like on her lap for the rest of the trip. So I was like, all right, this bear isn't that weird. I swear to God that happened. <laughs> um, this is my stuffed French fries. They're like a, a pillow of sorts. Wow. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just French fries. Are you even able to eat French fries? You're vegan. Do they do fries? Is that a... Now, tell me what animal's ass a potato comes out of. I don't know what they fucking put in, like, you know, McDonald's put, might put. <laughs> McDonald's doesn't have the monopoly on fries, not yet. Not they do have them. I mean, they had the monopoly game on their fries, but. And then finally is my stuffed E.T. that I've had since, you know, the movie came out since I, so I was like three years old. <laughs> and I've had, them, I've had them everywhere I've ever lived, like, ever since, ever since then. So um, I think that's all the, I have a lot more, but some of the stuffed animals are in the dirty clothes pile because they were getting kind of dingy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think, I think that's everybody. Oh, this is, uh, my mom sent me this after my cat died, um, this past September. This is like Aww. his little, his little toys. This is my Baxter ball and it squeaks. There you go. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I sleep every night holding that in my hand. And, uh, yeah. So I'm going to give you a tour of my stuffed animals. <laughs> such a, um, it's such a difficult, uh, uh, well, I mean, not for me cause I've seen, I've met most of those stuffed animals, but so difficult to reconcile stuffed animal loving Melissa with um, I love to mace people, Melissa. Well, you know, you have to have, you know, the sandpaper has its smooth side too, or whatever the Zen koan goes. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, you can, you can have both, you know, I mean, after a long day of macing people, you want to come home and snuggle with your stuffed animals, you know? So that's again, back to like just having that, that haven, you know, in the city, you know, like, Oh, it's been a, a long day of crime fighting. Like, I can't wait to, uh, like, in douche spring, you know, like, I can't wait to just, like, get back in bed with my, you know, with Mayor Beanbutt here and, and uh, Sam and Rusty and um, just, you know, just chill and watch, like, I don't know, Seinfeld and stuff for hours and hours. Oh, Perfect Strangers. I've gotten into that, too. Oh, that's from, like, the 80s. That was a TGIF show. Oh, no, I do. Yes, I do know about that. It's yeah. on Hulu, dude. It's so good. Oh, my God. They have a whole episode that's like a parody, um, or like kind of like an homage, really, to um, the Honeymooners, and it's fucking brilliant. But anyways, I'm not going to go off about Perfect Strangers right now. But um, but yeah, anyways, I just wanted you to meet my stuffed animals. 
That's my social life right now. <laughs> we don't have, you don't have to admit to how much you're talking to them, but. Uh, I don't, I mean, are I just, you, I don't like talk to them. Are you somebody who talks to your stuffed animals? A lot of people are. Um, not talk to them. I just make sure they're around. I'm just like, hey, where are you? Get over here. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's reasonable. You do not want them to get lost. Yeah, and I want to make sure they're all around me when I sleep, you know, so I kind of sleep like, kind of like a sarcophagus, like, you know, made of stuffed animals, like framing every side of my body. And then I hold the Baxter ball on my chest as I sleep. I don't really move in my sleep. I, so that's, that's why it works. Yeah, well, that's why, that's why your whole apartment works. That probably is true. I'm not, luckily I'm not a sleepwalker because I would be a sleep faller and a sleep dyer. <laughs> you'd be a sleep uh, dyer, I was just saying. <laughs> Cause yeah, I don't, I don't really move. I just, you know, it's, you kind of learn like, you know, I, and I also took a little bit of Tai Chi in college, you know, so I can sort of like maneuver slowly around my apartment, you know, the little bit of time I was doing yoga, actually it really helped in my apartment. I remember noticing like if I dropped something behind furniture, I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to get to this? There's so much crap in front of it. And it's like, you know, it, it, it's, if I if I move if I move all the furniture to get to this like onion that like rolled underneath because the floors are slanty so if you drop an onion it's gonna roll um I'm like it'll take me like all day long to move all this furniture and I don't have anywhere to put it and I was doing yoga for like about a year year and a half like at a free app on my phone and one day I dropped something and I just very gingerly like maneuvered my whole body like a weird like flamingo or like crane or something and just like had one foot on the ground, the other foot like extended extended behind me, and then just like dove like behind the couch, like with one arm, like balancing on like the tippy toes of one foot, and I like retrieved whatever it was that fell without even thinking about it. I'm like, oh shit, the yoga's helping. It's good for uh, living in a small apartment, you know. No kidding, that's <laughs> as good an ad as you can really get for yoga. I know. I was thinking that, and it's just I can't do yoga in this apartment because it's so small. I was doing yoga in the empty apartment that used to that was next to me at the time. <laughs> that was like my private or like upstairs in my building when there was nobody living up there. It was like my private yoga studio. I would just like commandeer oh the God. entire. Like, <laughs> well, nobody was there because the landlord had illegally evicted a lot of people. So, um, I mean, or not evicted them, but like made them think they were going to be evicted. So a lot of people left, you know, in 2014. All right, you. Uh, that's how you ended up on the uh, uh, Village Voices worst landlords list yeah he was uh he was number 10 that was like august of 2014 when the landlord sent us like this bullshit letter that was like hey y'all the building's gonna fall down so like you should probably move now thanks lol and it was like on his like private like lisa frank stationery. it wasn't like anything like official <laughs> <laughs> like a unicorn in the corner and um he was like yeah just try to leave in the next like 30 days or something and there were a lot of like noobs who were living here at that time and they they didn't know any better they didn't know their rights and they all left like 16 people left the remaining eight people were all all of us who had lived here for any decent amount of time all it took was like literally a three second google search to be like yeah i'm pretty sure that's not legal yeah it's not okay right. like all you have to do is like google can he really do that <laughs> yeah, it's i mean google it's like, no no you can't and um so it just kind of weeded out all the like NYU kids and shit who like generally just don't even really last here for longer than a year or two anyways. That's when their parents' coffers dry up, I suppose. And um, so it was, for a while, it was just like, 
eight people living total in the two buildings. Like there were seven people here and one in the back. <clears throat> and in my building, I was the only one on this floor and nobody was in the floor above me. So it was like pretty awesome actually. <laughs> um, but it was awesome in the way that sort of like, well, it, it kind of similar to like the way it feels right now, like with the shutdown, you know, at first you're like, Oh, this is so nice. Finally, like it's quiet. There's not going to be annoying people in the hallway or like, you know, people, I don't know people's bathtubs dripping, like, you know, like through the ceiling and bothering me. And it's just going to be right, really like that kid who used to bitch about your accordion playing or whatever. Yeah, well, he, he came years later, but at first it was, it was kind of cool, you know? And then like one day I came home and it was so quiet in my building. It freaked me out. I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be here. Like this, it's not, this isn't how it was when I first moved here. You know, it's supposed to be loud and crazy and hearing pets, you know, animals barking and wild parties and music and stuff. And it actually like really, uh got got me down at some point kind of kind of similar to like the shutdown like you know at first it's like oh it's it's so nice and peaceful outside and i can just take a walk and nobody will bother me and you're like no uh this isn't normal either there has to, there must be some like middle ground between like nine million people bothering you and like guys like sexually harassing you on the street and like you know and like a not seeing anybody for like blocks on yeah. end you know and yeah, like like a Cormac yeah, McCarthy yeah. like, you know, book or something, you know. Um it's it's kind of similar to that, you know. But um but yeah, it was that was uh, 2000 yeah, 14 that, that all those people moved out and I don't think people really I don't the landlord started um renting out those apartments again like I think it was like a year and a half later or something. It was a while. It was a while that I had it was it felt like having the penthouse up here. <laughs> My little tiny penthouse. But, do you have do you have, you have neighbors though? I mean, how full is the building again now? A lot of people have moved out in the last two weeks. I've noticed like three people have moved out at least from like my floor and the floor above me. Um, so I'm actually not really sure how many people are, are in this building right now. Um, of 16 units, I want to say like 11 or 12 are occupied right now. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know like if renting is if rentals have gone down, you know, because of the pandemic and stuff. I mean. Well, I've really show apartments. Exodus, but I think that's been mostly of rich people. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, so I don't know, like, it, it, I'm not sure, like, why, you know, it's kind of random that all these people moved out just very recently and nobody's replaced them yet, you know. Ni neither have there been, like, um, brokers showing the apartments to anybody, you know, because I guess that's not really a thing yet. That, that probably, that sector maybe hasn't no. opened up yet in New York, so... And so, I mean, they could be, they could be empty for a few months. So maybe I'll have my, <laughs> I'll have a yoga studio again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, silver lining. that's right. Help you keep your, help you keep yourself in shape for when you have to go out and like walk up and down the stairs again. Or like for when I drop a, an onion. Also, yes, you could drop an onion. And then now, now what would you do? I know. I would just be like, fuck it. I'll just wait for it to sprout and then I'll grab it <laughs> by the, the long green thing. Tell me some stories about your, uh, about the neighbors that you do have. There's, there's some pretty cool, I mean, like the people, for the most part, the people who are here, like I said, I've known them for, for years at this point. We've all lived here for a while. Um, there's a guy downstairs from me. Um, he's from Ireland and um, he and the guy like on the second floor, they're always like sewing parties together. And um, they used to do like rooftop parties. They did a really cool one a few years ago and they somehow, I don't know, they, they, they know like how to, do electrician work stuff, I guess, because they somehow rigged up like one of their intercoms to buzz up on the roof. 
So when people were like trying to get into the building, they could just like <laughs> buzz their apartment, but then like they had like a little button on the roof, they could let people in from there, like like a little makeshift like intercom. <laughs> they had like a DJ booth up there. I don't know how they did all that shit. They like built all this stuff like into the rooftop. See, I have like um, my my Cuban neighbor on the second floor who does like Santeria like stuff a lot. So there's always crazy stuff like burning outside of her door. And like, that's, that's always like pretty cool. Like she has a lot of like offerings and stuff outside the door. And it's like, Ooh, somebody pissed her off. I think recently there's like, there's some very scary markings on her door and stuff. And she's, she's really cool. Her name is Maria and she has like birds and a teeny tiny dog. And they're always like, you know, it sounds like a zoo every time you walk by her apartment. Cause her little dog Jalinda will like chase you up the stairs. Um, and there's always like, just a bird hanging out like on her head sometimes if you she has her door open all the time and uh playing music and stuff and she, you just like see her sitting in there like having dinner with like a bird on her head sometimes and so that's pretty cool <laughs> um <laughs> there's my neighbor in the back building uh michael is my my other bff like you the the male version who's here in new york and the that's less, the less good bff <laughs> Yes, he'll, probably, yes. he'll probably hear this we love you michael uh -huh. the, the second tier, the second yeah. tier. Um, <laughs> and and we've been like sort of you know quarantining a lot and stuff and you know because we were hanging out a lot before all this shit started so we, you know so it's kind of kind of good like have somebody like make sure you know each other has food and alcohol and stuff like that you know there's been some cool people who i, I had a neighbor two years ago um who uh or sorry um I guess it was two years ago he, he died actually um and that was the guy who had like the very kind of gnarly like apartment situation that i think you might have heard about that like a uh, contractor was like here cleaning up or something like it was when he was moved to hospice and stuff so he was getting pretty sick and he took like a video of his apartment and there was like a dead cat like the guy's dead cat was there and like it was and this guy like uploaded it to like world star hip-hop like one of those kinds of stupid sites and it really fucking sucked like it it got shared all over the internet and like people were showing it to me and i'm like yeah that's my building like that's not cool like he you know he he died you know like he, um soon after that you know and he wasn't well like at all um, well was he the one who had lost his partner yeah he, he, he died of hiv and it was it was really gnarly like that i don't know everybody was like judging like <clears throat> like people on the internet like judging like his living situation and stuff and um i don't know like it, i mean it, it was don't get me wrong that was all very weird to live around all of that while you know while that was happening and and you know a lot of us did try to help him like i i helped him into his apartment many times like when he would just be sort of staggering up the stairs like one time his cat got out and she like ran into my apartment and I had to, um, I was like leaving for a gig or something. I was, I was about to head to the airport and it was early in the morning and I walk out my door and like his cat for some reason was like in the hallway. Like I think he'd gotten home late the night before and she'd gotten out and he didn't notice or something. And she like darted in my apartment. I'm like, Oh fuck dude. And so I like, I go downstairs to try to like bang on his door to get him to like come get his cat. Cause I have to like head to the airport. Like I have to leave in like three minutes, you know? And I guess he was like, really drunk when he came home so he like i was banging on the door like yelling and finally he shows up to the door like his pants are like hanging down around his knees and he's super out of it i was like yo you gotta get your cat like i, I gotta get out of here she's in my apartment he was like what no she's right here candy candy i'm like no she's not trust me she's in my apartment he's like okay well let me get something like some treats or something 
I'm like, yeah, that, that'll help to get her out from under my bed, you know, because she was like, she she was hissing. She wasn't a very friendly cat. I I was not trying to fuck with her. And um, so he's like digging around looking for a bag of treats. But then he just came back, like his pants are still hanging down, like all the way. And he had like a little bag of like rice aroni. And I was like, those aren't cat treats. He's like, well, it'll, it still sounds like cat treats. The sound is all that matters. And he was shaking it, you know. And so he like staggered up here and like was shaking the rice aroni under my bed. Um, to get, to get his cat to come out. And, uh, luckily she did. Cause I, I was, I had tried to, but she was already scratching the hell out of me. And, uh, I was like, I, I gotta get to the airport, dude. Like, you need to, you know, get this cat out of here. Um, but he was, he was really cool. His name was Tom. And, um, he, he had a, a pretty interesting setup down there. He played piano. He used to play piano at Marie's crisis, the piano bar in the West village. And he had a really cool setup in his apartment. They had like a full size keyboard that folded up into like a shelf into the wall, kind of like a Murphy bed, but it wasn't like that. It was like, it, it, it looked like um, a faux fireplace, but like a, with a whole like mantle that he had like built and everything. But when he pulled down this mantle part, it was a full size keyboard <laughs> and like these little columns that like swiveled out to hold the, the piano up. And I used to hear him like playing show tunes and singing down there like for years. And um, he would hear me practicing and I, I still have like a screenshot of a text he sent me years ago like saying like, Oh, I love hearing you play. And um, I'm, I'm really glad I saved that, you know, cause he was, he was a really sweet guy, you know, and I hated seeing like the internet trolls coming out and like talking shit about how this person, the terrible way they live, you know, and, and it's true in the, at the end of his life, like it, it was not pretty, you know? And yeah, but I mean, aside from like mental illness and stuff, like he also was alone and managing a, ter- like he was terminal and trying to do it by himself, you know, with, yeah with all his mental health stuff and everything else. And it's like, Hey, you know, there, but for the grace of God, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he had had a lot of of issues and stuff, but he, you know, he's doing the best he can. Like, you know, we were all doing the best we could, you know, and um, I don't know that really, it was actually Michael, my, you know, the neighbor in the back building um, who actually wrote a letter because Evie Grieve actually posted it. And I was really surprised because they don't really do, you know, I mean, they, they were just kind of sharing something, but you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I generally give Evie Grieve a lot more, like, benefit of the doubt to not share, like, shitty, inflammatory, sensationalistic kind of stories, you know, because I, I like Evie Grieve. But it, but they, that was one of many places that shared that video because it was just all over the internet very fast because of our stupid contractor, Martin, who who uploaded it. And um, Michael actually wrote a very, like, thoughtful, long letter to Evie Grieve, who actually posted it, like, the very next day, just kind of telling people, like, you know, first of all, just take that video down and, like, stop sharing it. And just kind of saying like, look, this is, you know, the story behind this video. There's a human being behind this video. It's not just like an infested apartment with like a dead cat in it and a bunch of trash and like vodka bottles and stuff. This was a human being like, you know, and he talked about like, oh, all these funny like stories of, you know, Tom at like parties and stuff and playing his piano, playing his show tunes and stuff. And um, he's actually immortalized across the street at the, the Hard Swallow. There's a there's a picture of him back there. And I realize there's a lot of pictures of people you and I know who've died back there. There's Patrick Salt Ryan, there's Shane, there's Tom, my neighbor. Um, there's, I, I forget there's a few other people. Um, it's kind of morbid. I never really noticed that until a few months ago. <laughs> sure. There are, there's, we have, there's a lot of our, of like our dead <laughs> memorialized in the bars around the East village, which is yeah. like one of the things about uh, living in New York that I don't think any I cannot think of another place where this is true, at least uh, maybe San Francisco to a certain degree, 
and maybe New Orleans a little bit now, but um, it, it's pretty unique. And it's even more so in New York because New York is at the beginning of the news cycle. Things that go viral out of this city, like the chances that you know that person or you yeah. used to buy groceries at that bodega or whatever is like everything that comes out of Manhattan is incredibly personal to the people who live there um, because it's a very small island and it's really dense and like even it's very insular you know it's yeah like even like I remember our our mutual Facebook friend um, I saw him comment on one of the articles about the the guy the bird watcher in Central Park who got the cops called on him by that white chick he goes holy shit I know that guy you know and that, that's just Oh yeah. Like, you know, I know somebody who knows that guy. Like, and that's so, yeah. I mean, I used to live around the corner from David Bowie, right? Like that's, yeah, that's the way that the city works. And so whenever something does come out of New York that goes viral, that's like sensationalist or crazy or whatever, it's like, oh, that's my friend's landlord or, oh, that's, you know, the guy who used to deliver my groceries or what it's just, it's, anyway, no one else really seems to get that. Yeah. And that's, well, that's why I can get kind of yeah, like like when that story came out, like a stupid video got shared on Evie Grieve. Um, it was kind of weird because I'm like, Evie Grieve has shared several things from our building. Like there's that, there's about our landlord in 2014. He shared that story. They've also, Evie Grieve also did um, um, like a profile on me in 2014, um, right before all the landlord stuff, where they, they did like a kind of an East Village person of the week, like every Wednesday or something. And like all those things, like from the same building, you know, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, and you realize just how like interlinked everybody is, you know. But that, but that's why I don't know. That's that's what makes you kind of yeah, more I mean, like want to defend them even more because it's like it's not just like oh wow, look at this gross apartment, look at this gross place in my lives. It's like well, that's in my building. Are you saying that I'm gross? It's a couple of years ago. I was walking down. Oh, I think it was like Tenth Street, and I got to the end of the block. Like I was, I was gonna move my car for alternate side or something, and I noticed that there were cop cars blocking either side of the of the block, and I was like, "Well, shit, I guess the car's staying here for now." And I walked down, and I saw that there was like an ambulance and all this stuff, and some neighbors out and whatever, and and a, a guy had died in his car, and um, oh yeah, I yeah. That. and then like the next day, this you know, and I'm like, "Oh, that's crazy." They they were pulling him out of the car. The coroner's office was was moving his body at the time that I was down there, and you know, I was subjected to the full sensory experience of of that removal, right? Because I was like, yeah, because he was there for five days, right? He was there for yeah, I think three or four days. He had killed himself, but then like the next day, I'm seeing on like national news media, like story, you know, like little blips and pieces about this, and it, it just was really strange because I had I actually wrote it into Evie. And then he reported on it and uh, the guy's niece got in touch with me. And like, I, she kind of like gave me a little background on him and just like, she wanted to just talk to somebody and tell a little bit about this guy's, about her, you know, relative story yeah. um, to somebody who she didn't know that it would be like safe to tell that stuff. To, you know what I mean? But like, it's, yeah. it is, it's, it, everything is very, very personal yeah in new york because we're and you get like, kind of defensive about it too because you're like <clears throat> it's like oh it's like oh wow it, it, that's just that's just so gross what a horrendous thing it's like well yeah but it's it's you know it's kind of like yeah but it's my shitty apartment you know but it's my <laughs> shitty building it's my shitty neighborhood you know and i think i think a lot of us are also just kind of um projecting a little bit 
that we don't want to go out that way. And when you live alone in New York, like there's that very real fear. Um, Sex in the City is a stupid, stupid show. Don't get me wrong, but there, there's there's a few little moments in a few episodes that are that have always kind of I've always remembered like they're kind of poignant. And there was an episode where one of them, um, I think it was the the uh, lawyer one, uh, Miranda, where she was like eating food at home, like alone with her cat. And she's like, oh, I'm I'm an independent woman. I love living alone. And who needs men? I'm just gonna eat my Chinese food in the in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, she started choking. And she was just kind of staring at her cat and she had to like give herself the Heimlich or something. <laughs> and, and she, it just like really fucked with her head. And she was like, like, I'm going to die alone in my house and my cat's going to eat me. I don't ever, I might be paraphrasing, but it's just sort of like a fear. I think a lot of us have, you know, is being alone, like, yeah, killing yourself or dying, like for whatever reason in your car and not having anybody notice for a few days. I mean, I did my upstairs neighbor years ago before I knew you. She was dead in her apartment right upstairs from me for like a week in August. And uh, people were, I could smell things in the building, but I didn't know what a dead body, like a, a decomposing dead body smelled like at that point um, until I did. And I was like, oh, it just smelled like, it smells like a dead rat, but like times a million. And like, you can't get it out of your, you can't escape it. Like if there's like a dead rat on the sidewalk, you walk a few feet away and you don't smell it. If there's a dead body in your building, it's like in every pore of your, of your body. You can't get away from it. And I smelled stuff for a few days and I didn't, it, every day it smelled different, the, the decomposition process or something. Um, but she lived alone. She was really crazy. Like I, she was, I, I kind of hated her. She was always having some issue with her apartment upstairs that there would be like leaks into my apartment. She never let anybody in there to like fix anything. So why would we just have to deal with it? Um, like she was kind of a, a crazy order lady, but like she was actually just a straight up mean, like, psycho christian lady too um and she would just yell at me about jesus and stuff like in the hallway when i'm like hey do you think you can let them in to like fix your sink so it stops leaking in my apartment she's like ah satan you know like whatever and then she would just jesus will fix it if he wants it fixed yeah (laughs) you're like i wish god is my co-pilot and jesus is my plumber you know and but i but i mean she ended up dying alone up there like for a week before anybody knew you know she didn't have any family or anything and I think that scares, like, I think that scares a lot of people, you know? Um, and so it's, uh, at least people who actually live here, you know? So it's not, I can't, we can't really have the bravado of like, oh, I could never live like that or in that kind of place or in that kind of situation. Cause it's like, well, I can and I do. And I might also die in that kind of situation, you know? Um, yeah, sometimes it's really, sometimes it's really comical. Sometimes it's really dark. Sometimes it's both. I mean, I remember the place in Soho, when we had that fire, there was a fire in one of the apartments downstairs. And when the fire department came, they found that um, the, (laughs) my like comical, like funny, charming, kind of unique pink croc wearing character (laughs) dude who is like this old, old, old Chinese guy. um, um, Who's just like, you know, he was just like always on the block and he was totally nuts, but really entertaining. And um, anyway, he was a human trafficker, <laughs> basically. Like he had <laughs> out barracks in the apartment and was like hoarding all of these um, undocumented Chinese immigrants for God only knows how long. And that's what happened was they found that out when they busted in because there was a fire. And then yeah. they re, you know, they had to move all of these people and do whatever it was that that they did with them. Um, and yeah. then of course, that's when we got bed bugs was because the food supply in that apartment went away. But then I, I know you were talking about that apartment. I'm not sure if I knew about the, the trafficking stuff. That was the, the, the bed bug apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
We got bed bugs because there was a fire and they discovered a, a horde of undocumented uh, Chinese immigrants being held there by my crazy downstairs neighbor. And, and like, you know, we, we tell these like battle stories and they're funny and they're whatever, but also like, that's fucking dark, yo. Yeah, that's, uh, <coughs> I don't even know about that. Yeah, you had the bed bugs and you had like, they, they, oh yeah, they like fixed, they like remodeled your bathroom for like no reason and, <laughs> and the bathroom was fine. I know it because I puked in there once and I thought it was a really nice bathroom for puking in. <laughs> it was really nice. I had painted it and everything and they tore it all up because they're assholes. Yeah. I just, can you believe like after all these years, I've, I only just recently, like in the last month or so, listened to the song or even really heard of the song, New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. <laughs> I don't know how I've missed that song my whole life. I think I just always assumed I wouldn't like it. Like LCD sound, it just sounded like a, a band I wouldn't like. And maybe I don't, maybe I wouldn't like any of their other songs. I haven't listened. But that song, like, I don't know. I, I'm so like late to the game, but like, especially like, but especially like right now too, like with what's going on in the city too. It's been kind of a weird song to listen to, but there was one line in it that, um, like, a what is it? Um, like a, like a death in the hall that you, that you hear through your wall. Like that, that line, I was like, damn, I, I know, I know what that is. I know what that is. You're like, oh, so he did live here or, or does. Or <laughs> I never even met him, you know? Um, I don't know that, that line seemed, that, that line like a, definitely stuck out to me. And, um, yeah, it's it's just it is it is kind of scary, you know. Like I like I do like living alone and stuff, but you also but you do get scared. You don't want to be like a weird statistic or like in a weird video that somebody's going to share on World Star Hip Hop or something. Of you know, like oh look at the accordion girl who like died alone, like you know because she was reaching for an onion that rolled under her couch, <laughs> and like she, she never came back up. You know? <laughs> And then, like, it'll say, like, on my tombstone, she should have kept doing yoga. <laughs> you laugh, because if you start crying, you'll never stop. Uh, I know. I laugh, I laugh to keep the tears at me. It's what I... <laughs> tears of a clown. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a really great... Well, like, there's nobody great, around. <laughs> there's a really great um, old... It's an old Onion article. It's uh, references mayor bloomberg but um it was like uh you know like nine million new yorkers oh, eight and a half million <laughs> new yorkers finally realized that this is no city to live in or something like yeah, that. yeah. Like they all is, simultaneously realize it's a terrible place to live yeah that one gets shared like every like every year or something because it's it just never goes out that one <laughs> that was a classic it's like the best thing the onion has ever done i think <laughs> it's it's just like like I know that's that's like perfectly. actually have that that um issue and I, I think I have the physical issue of that because that was back when they still had them in the the newspaper boxes on the sidewalk so I I had to, I think I sent one to my mom too I was like you you have to have this but yeah it's that's that's a really good uh there's a part in that article it's like a you know like this this you know like this woman like in, in the Bronx and she's saying like I was just sitting on my, on my stoop one day having some coffee and this woman was walking down the street screaming, I'm inside all of you. And we just looked at each other and just, and just, she just paused and we just both looked at each other in silence and realized this was no way to live. <laughs> I, I just love that part. Like where you're like, oh, like me and like the crazy people walking the streets. Like, you're like, no, fuck this. Like, you know, I wasn't crazy before I moved here. Like now I am, you know? Um, I think, I think it brings it out of people, you know, um, 
like talking to yourself and stuff. Like I do that a lot now. I didn't do that when I was younger. Like where did that, I mean, I do it like, I don't just mean at home, like when I'm walking down the street. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like when I'm coming, like, and I'm just like, sometimes it's just like normal things. Like, oh, I get the fuck out of my way. But sometimes it's just like, you know what though? I got to interrupt you because now having like been out of the city for several years, uh, I, I can tell you that just muttering, shut the fuck up, leave me alone, get away from me, get out of my fucking way, like all of these things that <laughs> quote unquote normal people do walking down the street in New York is not actually normal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's still not normal, yeah. No, so like, what, like lots of normal stuff, you know, I say, but I also do the, the abnormal stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm almost home soon, we're almost there. I'll say like, we, like the royal we, like, we're almost there. Like, oh, can't wait to use the bathroom. Like, I'll just like, you know, like if I've been busking in the subway for a few hours, I'm like, who am I talking to? But, you know, that, that stuff seems weird to me. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, seems normal. Like, but, yeah, you're right. I forget that none of those things are actually normal. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's like, you know, a lot of people do that in my neighborhood, but I live right next to a, um, a psychiatric hospital, so. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've taken to, like, if I'm walking down the street and I see, like, a nice-looking guy, like, this is always what I do, and I say it out loud, like, under kind of under my breath, but. I'm sure at some point somebody might hear me. Well, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a nice looking feller. Well, I'm sure he thinks so anyways. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I started doing that. <laughs> like, when this, like, animosity just comes, like, by default. It's like, oh, that's a nice person I enjoy looking at, you know? Like, like well, I'm sure I'm sure he thinks he looks great. <laughs> who, am I mad, who am I mad at right now? <laughs> I don't know. Why? I got to go home. I got to be alone. I need to get behind the door and, like, you know, sequester myself with my, you know, stuffed animals. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something I've started doing recently. I'm sure. Oh, they, oh she, look, she looks really cool. I like her outfit. I'm sure she thinks she's cool, too. <laughs> You're just, like, preparing to turn 40 and being a crotchety old lady in advance. Oh, I've been preparing since I was like eight years old, I think. So. If you start talking about Jesus, I'll have an intervention with you. Oh no, you, I, you're definitely welcome to. I'll inter I'll intervene with myself because I'll be in full talking mode. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't like Jesus. What are you talking about? Oh God, you're right. I hate Jesus. You'll come back. You'll come from the water closet to the bed, and all of your stuffed animals will have rearranged themselves in a semicircle. Oh man, a stuffed animal intervention. <laughs> we don't like that you've chosen Jesus, and here's the ways that it's made our lives hard. Oh, that gives me a really cute idea for like a photo shoot on my bed. I'm going to do that. Or, or, you know, like you should do it for me next time you're here, you know. But I'll have to like arrange like, you know, do like a little webcam thing, and I'll, I'll do that like when we get off, and I'll, I'll send it to you so you can have a, you can have a visual, you know. <laughs> would be fancy. Do you actually think that you ever could live somewhere else other than New York? I sure as shit hope so, man, because, like, I don't know. I can't afford to live here, for you know, in general. You know, I've been saying that for years, but it just gets more and more true. It's just it's also expensive to move, you know. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I'd love to go back to New Orleans at some point. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I never intended to stay here this long. Um, I thought I would stay here, like, 10 years and, you know, call it quits but it's been 15 or it's been almost 16 now <clears throat> 15 in the same apartment but I mean at least like I I was kind of thinking about moving pretty soon um right around the time all the landlord stuff started happening anyways but that's when I started seeing Milton and and we were together for a long time so that that kept me here for a long time 
I would have probably moved during that time period, if not. But I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't really know, like, what other places I could, I could live in, you know. I don't know. But I, also, I thought that after I lived in New Orleans, too, you know. I mean, I also like being out in the middle of nowhere, you know. Like, it would be nice to live in, like, to, like, go out west or something. But it would probably be nice for, like, a week or something. And then the next time I need, like, an ATM after, like, 6 p.m., I'd probably lose my mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I, oh, my God. I get it that so hard when I'm um, in Ellensburg. I remember recently I needed to print something, and my printer wasn't up yet. and so I like went to and called six or seven different places, all of which were closed because it was Sunday. And I was like, how do you people live like this? Don't you have printing needs? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I know. not on Sundays. There's a lot of convenience you get used to here, you know. Um, not so much right now because it's the shutdown. And so now it kind of feels like what it's like to live in other parts of the country. Well, it's like, that's another. I got to make sure I have my food before, like, my food sorted out before, like, 9 p.m. or something, 9 or 10 p.m. I mean, bodegas aren't 24 hours anymore. Um, yeah. Now there's a curfew of 8 p.m., you know, and so restaurants are closing, like, for delivery and takeout at, like, 6 or 7, like, until the end of this week. Yeah, and um, I guess that's another consideration, too, as far as, like, could you live somewhere else? It's like, well, we kind of have to wait and see how all this shit shakes out, right? That's that's definitely true, too. I mean, I, I don't know what's – I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. I don't know what's going to happen, like, with the election, if people are even still – remembering that there is an election, um, like, oi, oi, oi. You know, with, with the virus, with, like, protests and stuff, you know, I'm worried about more protests once these cops inevitably get off, you know, because they probably are. I mean, I know they, like, raised the guy's um, charge now as, like, second-degree murder, I believe, and the other three officers have been charged um, as well, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean they're going to be convicted, you know, they, they never are, so if, and if uh, they're not, oh, we haven't even seen, we ain't seen shit. No, it'll be We have not seen shit. So I'm kind of worried about that, like, as well, you know? Um, So, yeah, just a lot of things are up in the air for, like, every place. I mean, this is, like, the epicenter of the virus, but other places might become that soon because of the way they never really shut down properly to begin with and the way they reopened too fast, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so it might be like, oh, this uh, some maybe a more rural place will be safer. Like, well, those are the places getting hit really hard. They're getting, they're just now getting to their first peak. They're like, oh, it's a second wave. It's like, no, honey, you never had the first wave. Like, this is yeah, your this first. This is thing that people, you know, seem to really not be thinking about is the fact that like, you know, like like the stock market. It's like, no, no, it's it, the stock market's fine right now. It's it's just on a delay. Like, it's going to be really bad. And people, the same thing in rural areas, where they're like, whatever, it's, you know, bumfuck Egypt, America is fine. It's like, that's going to change. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I mean, it's, I think for a while, West Virginia didn't have any cases, but they do now. Every every state does. I think 160-something countries do. It might be more. That was, that was what it was as of, like, a couple months ago. It might be every country now. But, yeah, it's hard to say, like, what's going to happen, like, the rest of this year, like the next, the rest of this week, like the rest of this month, <laughs> like every, like everything is just completely up in the air. And it has been for the last few months. It's very, it's very unsettling, you know, like I'm used to kind of dealing with my own anxieties and stuff, but it's really weird going through something that like everybody else is going through with you. There's something kind of comforting about that, like, you know, sort of solidarity and numbers, but 
it's that I, but then when he realized that like oh it's okay everybody's going through this it's like ah <laughs> Like, that, that means that's, everybody yeah. that's, that's worse like it's not, it's not just like in my head it's not like my own panic attacks and like bpd so that I get in my head. is nobody has the answers <laughs> yeah exactly so what you're saying is no nowhere and no one is safe you know like that that doesn't make it better you know um it's it's been very weird to like you know go through you know, so much like emotionally these last few months and realize that everybody else is too. I'm so used to just kind of existing in my own little head with my problems as, you know, that's kind of what mentally ill people do, you know? Um, and it's, it's weird, like having, um, company and that, you know, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like, like, Oh, I don't know if I'm, if I want to share this space with you, this is, this is my dark space. This is my dark place. And now I have to share it with the world. <laughs> like, I mean, there's, I mean, like, uh, like with the protests and stuff, I, I, a lot of times they're kind of in just one city or maybe like one city plus maybe plus New York or plus somewhere like LA or something, but like there it's all over the country. It's like, in, I mean like Des Moines, Iowa and shit, like Salt Lake city. Like I've seen like video feeds from, you know, small towns. And, um, uh, so that's, that's new. You know, like, I don't, I don't remember that in the past. I've never seen uh, the level of the, the, number, been, the, the numbers of people coming out. I think it's out. been decades since there's been anything to this. Like the 60s. Like the 60s, you know? yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool. I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing that solidarity, like, around the country. It's, it's just so unusual. Like, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. But I think when people, like the Janis Joplin song, like, when you have nothing, you have nothing left to lose. And this is the perfect storm. People don't have work there. Who cares if you go to jail for a few days because you're not going to be missing work, you know, like um, who, you're not going to lose your job because of being involved in um, demonstrations because you already lost your job a few months ago. Um, yeah. It's worrisome because of the virus though. And I, I'd like to participate more like in some of the marches and protests and stuff, but I'm, I'm terrified of getting this stupid virus. Like I don't that. So I'm really worried. Like, you know, the, how the numbers are going to look in like a week, you know, in hospitals and new cases and stuff. Um, that's, uh, I mean, a lot of people are wearing masks, which is really cool. Um, like the, the demonstrations in New York, every single person has on a mask, but, but still that you're still very close to people, you know, like all those people who got trapped in the Manhattan bridge. Uh, that's fucking that scary, night. dude. The first thing, Oh, oh my God, that was really scary. Like you can I imagine them like taking out that bridge with all those people on it or something like that's dude, immediately what's going to mind. Sounds like they ended up letting them go like on the Brooklyn side and not arresting people, I guess, but it wasn't looking like that for a while. Um, that was at that point I had to turn off the news. I was like, I can't, I, I can't even picture this. Like this is make this is giving me a panic attack. Thinking I about can't it. like maybe watch, watch all these people die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I think I would just jump off the bridge at that point. Like I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like, fuck that and they were like blocking off subway entrances so people couldn't even like protesters couldn't even get on the subway to like try to beat the curfew you know they weren't letting them get on the trains to actually adhere to the curfew like i saw like a video from like columbus circle where they had yeah. the subway blocked off at like 7 30 the curfew's at eight it's like what are you doing people are trying to do the right thing and That's like bullshit you know, so we, are, oh. we are at a very very important and dangerous like it's either gonna it's gonna go one of two ways from here basically yeah and yeah. having 
you know, the, the kind of quote unquote leadership that we have federally makes it scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the protests have, have been working since they like raised that to second degree murder as opposed to just manslaughter. So that, that seems to suggest that, you know, the, they felt the pressure and, you know, and, and it's working. Yeah, I just worry that, worry that you know, they're going to start bringing out, like, sound cannons and drones and shit. Oh, those sound cannons scare the shit out of me, dude. That is so not cool. That is, I mean, people can go permanently deaf from those. That is just, I, that too, as a musician, that just, like, scares the shit out of me. Like, oh my god. Like, uh, I remember when those first came about, like, a, I don't know if it was Occupy or, like, maybe in the last few years or something, but I was like, are you kidding me? Like, where do they get this, like, military-grade shit, you know, and Patriot uh, yeah. Act, dude. It's from the Patriot Act. We've militarized the shit out of out of local police departments. You have money for for ways to permanently make uh, civilians go deaf, but you don't just have like enough masks for like doctors in a hospital. Like, I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know. I can't even get into all that stuff because it just it just hurts yeah. my brain. It I, it's too much. <laughs> it just takes you to the death it, spiral. I'm making. You're making a waffle. It looks really good. You're making me hungry. <laughs> I might actually have to. I might actually have to go soon because I'm still kind of getting over this cold a little bit, and I'm starting to kind of lose my voice um, a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a lot of talking. <laughs> this is more talking than I've done in months. <laughs> and, talk, and I'm I'm also probably talking loud more loudly than I probably need to. I just I don't. I just, I never, I'm always afraid that, like, um, my Chromebook won't pick up the audio yeah. really well. So I've probably been kind of shouting more than I needed to. I'll let you go because I'm going to eat this and then I'm going to go have my, like, I, I'm, I'm having, like, a couple drags of a cigarette per night. And that's it. So I'm going nice. to go do that pretty soon and go to bed early. But, uh, I will, um... Today's episode was written and produced by me, Blair Hopkins, with music by Lola Johnson and Melissa Elledge. If you like what you've heard here, please consider taking a moment to rate and review. It's the best, quickest, and easiest way to support the show. Blair Slept There is also on Patreon.